The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff, My Take Radio advertisers, or My Take Radio content partners. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, guys? My Take Radio, episode 357, powered by Rageworks, broadcasting live Wednesday, August 3rd, 2016. I'm your host, Rich, and our call in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call in number, 347-324-3541. If this is your first time tuning into My Take Radio, My Take Radio is a variety show covering mixed martial arts, professional wrestling, gaming, and entertainment. We usually air every Wednesday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific to cover MMA and wrestling, and Thursdays, same time, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific for gaming and entertainment. Obviously, over the last couple of weeks, we've been having later start times due to a litany of different issues between real-world stuff, equipment issues, etc., but our normal broadcast time is 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific couple of things if you are tuning in to the video stream you can if you're watching it via twitch vaughn live or any of the other video providers you can head over to mtrlive.com get the video feed there along with 96k audio provided by mixler and there is a chat room and you can interact with myself slick and the rest of the rageworks and mtr team of course that's not the only way to watch and listen to the show you can download the mixler app for ios and android And punch in My Take Radio or Black is the New Black as they do live shows also. And listen to our shows that way via your mobile device. You can also use our call-in number 347-324-3541. Not hit option one to go in the switchboard and listen to the show that way. Of course, the audio quality is not as good, but it's another quick solution to listen to the show. Last but not least, if you are unable to catch the live shows, we do release these shows in video and audio format, audio, of course, podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, uh, pretty soon iHeartRadio as well as Google Play and Spotify. Video goes to our official YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com forward slash official RageWorks. All right, so we got a lot of announcements to get into before we break down the latest happenings in MMA and wrestling. Uh, first thing, uh, something that I published on the site and shared on social media. Uh, happy to report that MTR, along with all the shows at the, on the Rageworks Network, have broke 
100,000 downloads. And um, it's pretty big for, for me personally and for the rest of the team as well. They were part of, they were part of this journey. Um, you know, when I started, when I restarted my take radio in August of 2009, um, I didn't know how it was going to go. I'll be honest. When I originally did it in 2006 and throughout, you know, most of 2007, it was just something that I did as a pastime. Uh, when I relaunched it in 2009 using the live format, a lot of things changed, of course. Uh, first, obviously, being the live component, which I continue to do until, you know, our later shows when we added video. Uh, along with that was our partnership with GFQ. And then, of course, My Take Radio evolved into Rageworks, which continues to obviously be uh, the driving force for all our programming. Uh, in addition to that, obviously, the creation of the Rageworks network um, and just a slew of shows from, uh, you know, the humble beginnings of MTR and the Buried Show to MTR, TRSS, Call Me When It's Over and black is the new black and we have something else in the works as well and um you know i'm i'm really proud and it's not it's not just me saying hey you know we worked hard and we got here but honestly i we owe it all to you guys the listeners the viewers the visitors on the site the people that follow us on social media it's because of you that we reached this milestone you guys go you download our our content you download all our different offerings, whether it's one show, all the shows, two of the shows, whatever the case may be, you you show love and support and download our content, share our content, and try and keep up with us as much as possible. And we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys. You know, you think doing this as long as I have done, as I've been doing it, I should say, you know, you think, oh man, you know, I'm talking into a microphone. Who's listening? Is anyone listening? Does anybody give a damn? And one of the toughest things sometimes is to get engagement. And, you know, Slick can attest to this in the chat and, you know, in some of the stuff he does, including all the work on his YouTube channel. And the fact is that engagement is key. And while I'd love it, you know, I'd love to, to interact with 50, 100, 200 of you. I know that there are groups of you guys downloading, you know, uh, 50, 100 of you downloading an episode at a clip, whether it's, you know, all the time or some of the time or all the episodes or some of them. At the end of the day, you know, we got here because of you. And while, like I said in my piece that I published on RageWorks.net, you know, I'm grateful to, to the staff that have come along on this journey from, you know, Slick, who's been, you know, the A1 since day one, got, you know, regardless of, of, you know, where we are, where, you know, this is something that he came on board. He believed in the project. And, you know, I, I appreciate that to my own my own wife, who, you know, many sleepless nights uh, putting in work, growing this, putting in so much uh, of energy and time to give you guys something awesome. It's still it's still a work in progress. I'm my own worst critic. But um, to guys like Jay Santi, who jumped on board to Quark and Blade, who you know, they were just two young kids at the time jumped in and lent their their content creation skills, both written and in audio form to you guys. And obviously we've all grown up and gone on to other endeavors and other projects. But at the end of the day, it's all about giving you guys the best content possible. So 
with that said, you know, I, I, I want to thank you guys again uh, for being a huge part of that 100,000 download milestone. Uh, you know, let's let's keep marching forward. 200,000, 250,000, 500,000, a million. Um, you know, we got to dream big. And the only way we get there is because of you guys sharing our stuff, believing in what we do and uh, supporting our content. So, again, uh, I want to thank all of you. I want to thank our staff for, for all the work they put in. Um, whether it's written, audio, video, social media, whatever, they all do their part. And I'm, you know, I wouldn't, I definitely owe them a debt of thanks. Uh, besides that, uh, a couple of other things I did want to get into the iHeartRadio, uh, deal is still in, in progress. Um, of course, our distribution to iHeartRadio is dependent on a few things that we're still trying to iron out. I feel that once we close iHeartRadio, we'll be able to go to, uh, Google Play, and then once Google Play is is locked up, then Spotify will be the last piece of the puzzle. Now, the other thing I did want to talk about was streaming to Facebook Live. It was brought to my attention today that I could stream the show on Facebook Live, not not just on my personal page like so many people are doing, but on the RageWorks fan page. And in order to do that, obviously, uh, we got to make some adjustments and some things. And because of that, I think... Uh, we're going to probably jump back into Patreon to, you know, just just raise some 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 dough uh, just to be able to make that jump to make some equipment upgrades to be able to do that. And the reason I want to do that is because social media is a big driver in what we do and all these platforms are growing at an exponential rate. And I want to make sure that I touch each platform that I give you guys our content as best as possible on each platform, whether it's YouTube Live or Restream or Vaughn Live or Twitch, uh, Daily Motion Live, which is still kind of touch and go. Uh, just want to make sure we leverage it all. And I know so many of you live on Facebook uh, more than they care to admit that I might as well give you guys another platform to be able to consume the show. And that's one of the things that we're going to try and do, um, you know, now that. We kind of have some direction. We're going to go back into the well, work on Patreon, try and see if we can uh, either do a collective Patreon for the Rageworks Network or a Patreon for each individual show, uh, something that I'm definitely going to go through with the creators, whether it's Ben and Taylor and or Jay Santi or Josie's Boy. Uh, definitely going to see if those guys are interested in doing that. Uh, the other thing I did want to mention, I had a meeting recently with... Slick, Josie's boy, and Jay Santi about you know doing some stuff in studio. So in the in the next few weeks, you may see uh, an episode of TRSS recorded here at RageWorks Studios, or an episode of Call Me When It's Over recorded here at RageWorks Studios as well. And you know we're gonna try and do more of that and try and just build a couple of different offerings for you guys, give you guys some special content. Uh, in addition to that. Obviously, more event coverage. Uh, this uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, we were at the Samsung event for the launch of the Galaxy Note Seven, and I got to tell you, there's you know 300 photos, hours of video, and we're going to try and get all that out. Uh, hopefully today, we'll see. We'll see how 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 much of a sunrise I see before I go to bed. But I want to get that content out for you guys as well, and we're going to be doing more of that, more content, more video. Um, as many of you know, Slick has been streaming consistently different titles, different games that he's reviewing, 
Uh, sometimes even requests from people. Slick definitely has done a, a great deal on, on his side with his channel. I've been kind of on and off casually streaming uh, just to test things out. If you guys have been following Rageworks on Twitch, you know that I've done, you know, SVC Chaos from Capcom and, you know, things like that. Um, just to just to try and, and work out all the bugs for a stream and then hopefully determine a streaming schedule. So that's that's another thing that we do have in the works. But nonetheless, that's pretty much some of the bigger announcements. Tomorrow, on tomorrow's uh, gaming and entertainment edition of My Take Radio, I will be announcing a Deadpool prize pack. Uh, we've partnered with Rip the Apparel to give away uh, some Deadpool stuff. It's going to be an art print, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. In addition to that, I'm going to throw a little a little something in there too. Maybe some Deadpool pops. Maybe one. Maybe more than one. And perhaps even a Deadpool Blu-ray or DVD. We want to do a, a very cool uh, Deadpool prize pack. Uh, obviously, Ripped is is invested in what we're trying to do. And they're going to give us some really cool Deadpool stuff, like I said. And I want to add a couple of other prizes to the mix. And that contest I will announce on air tomorrow night. And that it's going to run through the week. And we're going to announce one winner uh, the following Thursday on the Gaming and Entertainment Edition of MTR. In addition, the Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice contest that we had uh, tried to launch didn't go according to plan. And that's partially because of the... Uh, service that we use to run our contest but we are going to relaunch the contest and either we're going to make it specific to one of our social media accounts or we're going to open it up to everybody and let people enter however they wish uh, whether it's through instagram or twitter or even facebook we're going to try and find different ways uh to make that work slick is telling me that he is having mixler there's mixler audio issues hmm not sure why that is. I actually just uploaded the, you know, I updated Windows, so it could be that. Uh, what kind of issues are we having, Slick? Is it garbled? Is, is it cut out? Just uh, let me know in the chat, and uh, we'll see what we can do in that regard. In any case, aside from that, you know, we got those giveaways on deck and a couple of other things and maybe some other announcements. Uh, you're going to start seeing more of JVB as well. Uh, you guys know the JVB who does talking about games and the uh, post game report is going to be working with us. We're going to try and do some stuff with him uh, very soon. But in any case, uh, we're going to try and get some stuff out. I know that he's you know trying to learn the inner workings of the site, which for the staff, I'm going to say that I actually put together some tutorials. So you guys are going to be getting some videos via social media to navigate the back of the site and make things easier for you guys all right so with that said what do we got on deck for tonight mma and wrestling wise well on the mma side of things we are going to get into ufc 201 which was another night of upsets in the sport of mixed martial arts uh, we're going to get into some of the other mma news of the week including the possibility of seeing gsp back in the cage uh, nick diaz coming off of suspension nate diaz's mainstream appeal plus much more on the wrestling side we're going to talk raw SmackDown Live, and of course, we will take your calls, 347-324-3541, With that, we're going to wrap up housekeeping. Let's jump into some MMA, shall we?
So the MMA world was recovering from UFC 200, well, from UFC 200. UFC 201, while definitely had a lot of great fights on paper, um, I kind of felt that people felt so let down by UFC 200 that UFC 201 kind of became an afterthought for many fans. I know a lot of people that watched UFC 200 that I knew personally were like, hey, you know, maybe I'll go check it out at a bar or Buffalo Wild Wings or whatever. They weren't as invested as they were for 200 and then obviously feeling let down uh, after that event was over. For me personally, I think UFC 201 on paper had a lot of potential, had a lot of things that could really change the course of certain weight classes, which I definitely have to say was the case. Um, Of course, now all eyes are on UFC 202 and the showdown between Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor, which again, it's one of those situations when you look at it that people, it, it, it reinforces the mainstream appeal that a guy like Conor McGregor has where people are willing to look past uh, an amazing title fight to a fight that really has nothing at stake. Um, You know, the way I see it is, and this is just my opinions on it, you know, Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor, while they're fighting, you know, their two fights are great for the sport, there really is nothing that that is gained by either fighter. And people don't want to look at that, but I, I got to be honest, and I'll tell you. Uh, Conor McGregor is a champion in his weight class, hasn't defended his belt, went up to 170, fought Nate Diaz, lost. Nate Diaz, of course, he's in limbo because he, he has to have title aspirations of some sort, but Conor McGregor wants another fight, and Nate Diaz, of course, 209, happily obliges him. But in doing so they each have put their respective movement in their weight classes on hold. And that that's, you know, that's aggravated not only potential opponents in that weight class, but even certain fans have started to look past the appeal of, you know, another Conor McGregor fight that's not him defending his title. And I think that me personally, while, again, I like the fireworks that, a guy like Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor bring to the sport of mixed martial arts, I feel that these these thrown-together matches, these grudge matches, whatever the case may be, don't do anything to advance the divisions of those respective fighters. And therein lies the problem. The casual fan is going to get sucked in by the, the McGregor-Diaz uh, you know, F-bomb hype train. They're going to get sucked in because it's easy to do. Uh, Unfortunately, like I said, for someone who follows the sport, uh, whether it's hardcore or even in a a more casual sense, you're going to ask yourself, Conor McGregor beat Jose Aldo. Why aren't we seeing, you know, Aldo and McGregor square off? And honestly, more and more people are asking that question. Now, the rumor is that depending on the outcome of this fight with Diaz and McGregor. If McGregor defeats Diaz, he is going to move on to defend his title against Jose Aldo at Madison Square Garden. And of course, that's that's huge. That's big news, but that's something that's not been finalized. I mean, Dana White has gone on record saying that it will happen and that it might happen, but he hasn't exactly been forthcoming as to when. Now, I'll be honest. If Aldo and McGregor square off in Madison Square Garden, 
That is huge, incredibly huge, and something that definitely deserves to be watched, whether it's in person or just, you know, all the fanfare that's associated with it as a, as an MMA fan, you know, seeing, seeing the Big Apple be engulfed in, you know, MMA events and fans and, and growth of the sport is always awesome. But, you know, we, we, we need to get there and we need to move forward. I mean, again, Diaz and McGregor are going to give us something special as usual, whether it's in the cage or outside of the cage, but we, we we need to stop letting these guys just, oh, yeah, I want to fight this guy and not defend my belt because, you know, McGregor should have been fighting Jose Aldo at UFC 202 or at the, you know, obviously he's going to fight him probably in MSG, but still that fight, it should have happened. We shouldn't have had, oh, him and Nate Diaz are going to fight again. That, that shouldn't have even been a fight at UFC 200, honestly. It should have been, you know, McGregor fighting... And putting his belt on the line against either Frankie Edgar or Jose Aldo at the time. But, you know, that's that's where I stand on the matter. In any case, let's talk about the bugs of UFC 201. For those of you that don't know, I've instead of recapping the shows, I figured I'd, I'd look at the bugs, meaning the bad, the ugly, and the good. Because, you know, I always get a, I always get the gag that I'm the, uh, the, bra- the bad news brown man. So I figured, oh, let's just lead with the bad then. In terms of that... Um, I gotta say, 201 as a whole was a solid card, incredibly enjoyable, some stellar fights across the board, and some really standout performances. And when it comes to, you know, the quote-unquote bad, and bad, in, when I refer to it, can either be bad in terms of quality, or just bad in terms of just stylistic matchups. I gotta talk about uh, the fight with Rose Namajunas, uh, which, you know, her and Karolina Kowalskowicz, it was it was a fight that many people felt was going to lead to some sort of a title opportunity, uh, depending on who emerged the victor. And it was it was a great fight. It was an, an amazing performance uh, by both ladies. But I feel that you know stylistically, there were moments where the fight just didn't work, only because uh, Carolina Kowalskowicz just just picked apart Rose Namajunas. I mean, in the opening round. Rose looked really good, but as the as the the fight progressed, uh, Carolina Kowalskowicz just pretty much d- picked apart Rose Namajunas, and I say that, and again, you know, bad in this case is just in terms of of a stylistic match. You know, to to quote something Jimbo Slice has said to me: "Styles make fights," and um, you know, numerous analysts say the same thing, and I am in agreement. I felt that the fight on paper looked solid. Uh, the outcome looks solid, but the fight as a whole, eh. and the thing is, a lot of people, of course, automatically casual the casuals or the or the non uh, seasoned MMA fans are like, oh man, all that shit about Thug Rose and she got thugged out and shit like that. And of course, you know, anybody has a bad day. Uh, Carolina Kowalskowicz looked really good, um, you know, but again, it's one of those things where. She took the victory via split decision, which I felt was completely insane uh, because, again, uh, she looked she looked amazing those two rounds. Like, Rose Namajunas definitely had a good opener, but those two rounds after were all uh, Karolina Kowalskowicz. Now, the question is, does she go on to fight JJ uh, for the belt? And if so, are they going to try and set that up in Europe and try and get a big payday? We'll see what happens, but that's definitely one of them. Uh, the other fight... On the ugly side, I got to talk about, uh, and this this was 
it was ugly in the sense of the way it went, but um, you know, for me, I kind of I felt bad only because I was a, I'm a fan of this guy, and it's um, Ed Short Fuse Herman. He was fighting Nikita Krylov, and um, I like that Herman. I genuinely thought he had retired, which is fucked up to say. But I did, you know, I, I mean, I, I've watched Ed Herman fight since his days on The Ultimate Fighter, and he came in fighting a light heavyweight, and um, Nikita Krylov, man, separated Ed Herman from his consciousness. It was nasty. It was a vicious head kick KO. Um, really, really impressive, especially because, again, you know, Krylov looked really good in the opening round. I thought, you know, he'd probably... Uh, you know, secure the victory in a, in a unanimous decision, but that head kick was nasty. Um, it was funny because originally towards the end of that second round, he set it up with a spinning back fist. Uh, they traded, and then all of a sudden that head kick came out of nowhere, and boom, it was lights out for Ed Herman. It was an ugly, ugly knockout. So, you know, again, ugly, much like bad, uh, not necessarily uh, intended to be, you know, uh, derogatory in this case it was an ugly knockout jesus um where does ed herman go from here remains to be seen but man what a nasty nasty head kick knockout um let's talk about the good things uh jake ellenberger matt brown really good um i knew that fight was had the potential to deliver the goods i felt that you know Matt Brown is a guy that's always close to to title contention, and Jake Ellenberger he's he's kind of had some rough starts, man. But it was it was a solid fight. I mean, Matt Brown ranked number nine in welterweights, uh, you know, in the welterweight division. He's not he's not a guy to be taken lightly. And for Ellenberger to finish the fight um, with a, with a left body kick that just just crumpled Matt Brown, and then of course the academic. Uh, Hammerfist to to close it out was very impressive. I was I was impressed with Ellenberger's uh, striking. I was also impressed with the finish, and I'm sure he's gonna make a strong case for himself in the welterweight division, which right now is incredibly stacked. Now that leads me to, of course, the other good thing, and it's good in terms of just the division. It's bad if you are a Robbie Lawler fan. I I am I am a Robbie Lawler fan from his early days to his tenure in Strike Force to his resurgence in the UFC. Uh, Robbie Lawler is the real deal. Uh, just a, he's a he's a bad dude. And you know Tyron Woodley. When I did the show last week, I said, you know Tyron Woodley, he has a chance. But I I picked Robbie Lawler. I did just because I'm a partially because I'm a fan and because I know that the guy has cinder blocks for fists. Well. Uh, it was it was not the it was not the case this night as Tyron Woodley was the one that came in with a huge right hand which dropped Robbie Lawler and of course flurry of punches ref jumps in and that was it. Uh, Tyron Woodley now is your new UFC welterweight champion courtesy of a KO in the first round of ruthless Robbie Lawler. Um, again, as a fan, I was I was crushed. I was like, damn. Only because, you know, it's been it's been upset after upset after upset across the board. And I think that's one of the things that makes MMA exciting. Um, but if you're if you're a hardcore fan of a certain fighter, sometimes sometimes that fighter isn't safe. And um, Robbie Lawler, it was it was your time. Now, the crazy thing is, of course, Tyron Woodley, now welterweight champion, 
opens up a ton of possibilities, uh, one of which was courtesy of Steven Wonderboy Thompson, who tried to set up a match with Tyron Woodley uh, later on in the evening while, you know, conducting an interview. And Tyron Woodley pretty much was like, yo, you're not, you're not, I wouldn't even take a fight with you. Um, Tyron Woodley pretty much is going on record saying that he's willing to fight Nick Diaz. And, um, you know, GSP's name's been thrown around and, you know, there's been a lot of, a lot of media and, uh, social media that's been saying that GSP is, is more than willing to take a fight with T Wood. Uh, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to, to even say that, you know, Tyron Woodley, GSP, only because, you know, we're kind of in that will he or won't he phase with GSP. Is he ever coming back? When is he coming back? Who does he fight? Uh, is he going to fight at 170? Is he going to go up and wait now that he's a little older? Um, a, a ton of intriguing possibilities. Of course, Nick Diaz, now that his suspension is over, uh, jumped right back on the hype train, just trying to get himself uh, situated, so to speak. And, of course, there's there's a lot of opportunities there. I think for a guy like Tyron Woodley, he he wants to prove that he didn't get lucky. And of course, you know, there's always the fact, there's always the, the chance that they could run it back and have him and Robbie Lawler square off, give Robbie Lawler the rematch. But I got to be honest, as much as I'd love to see the rematch, there's a lot of potential and a lot of money in him fighting either uh, Nick Diaz or or a returning GSP. In the case of George St. Pierre, of course, it's it, you know there's many narratives that can play out. You obviously have the return of one of the most legendary welterweights of all time. Uh, the possibility, of course, that that he can come back and win the title. There's significance there if it's conducted in a venue, whether it be Canada or or down here, whether it's Vegas or you know maybe even in New York. There's there's a lot that can be said there, but the fact remains that. For Tyron Woodley right now, there's an opportunity to get some massive paydays. And again, that's not to say that a rematch with Robbie Lawler from a financial sense wouldn't be uh, feasible and wouldn't make, obviously, the most sense. But in terms of what's been going on, you know, with the UFC and trying to take advantage of the fight fighters that haven't been popped by the USADA, you know, I honestly, if I had to choose between the two, in terms of having any sort of USADA issues, I mean, I I would always hope that you know a guy like GSP is you know a natural when it comes to being tested. But who knows? You know, Nick Diaz coming off uh, his suspension. I mean, the only thing that guy's ever been popped for again is weed, and you guys know my thoughts on that. You know, we're we're at a point where marijuana has become legal in a, in a plethora of states at this point. So. You know, I, I feel that the stance on it is a bit excessive in any case. Uh, would I love to see T. Wood and Nick Diaz? Absolutely. I think the uh, the trash talking that, that is there is tremendous. I think that Nick Diaz can go in there and stylistically really look at, you know, really get into his element, whether it's standing and trading with T. Wood or whether it's, you know, combating T. Wood's wrestling with, his Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I mean, there's there's great potential there. I mean, like I said, the GSP fight, the the bigger potential is GSP coming back, challenging for the title that he, you know, didn't lose, uh, and um, winning. You know, there's, there's, there's great storytelling there. But uh, again, UFC 201 on paper was tremendous. For those of you that didn't watch it, obviously YouTube is your friend now, but it was, it was, it was a good card. Like I said, not... Not many flaws, honestly, and the stuff that I said was ugly or bad 
was only ugly or bad in in a more broader sense. You know, ugly in terms of just the violent the the violence of a knockout, or bad in the sense of you know certain stylistic things that just didn't go uh, in didn't go according to how I would have liked to have experienced them. That's all. In any case, let's talk fight bonuses. Fifty thousand dollars. Tyron Woodley, of course, got a performance bonus. Shocker there. Uh, Jake Ellenberger also got a $50,000 bonus. And Fight of the Night honors went to Carolina Kowalskowicz and Rose Namajunas. So there you have it. Everybody's uh, $50,000 richer as a result of their performances at UFC 201. Switching gears now, I want to talk about Evangelista Cyborg Santos. As many of you know, uh, Evangelista Santos suffered a brutal knockout courtesy of Michael Venom Page, who is our fighter of the month for um, the month of July. Um, And the result of that knockout was that Evangelista Santos had a skull fracture, which pretty much, if you saw photos that we shared on the show, you saw that it essentially looked like a hard-boiled eggshell that was cracked. It It was scary. It was really scary stuff. In any case, Evangelista Santos went under the knife uh, for seven hour surgery to repair the skull fracture. Uh, He is, you know, on the mend when we will see him back remains to be seen, but it's good to hear that, you know, his surgery went well and that, you know, I mean, the scar that he has is, is scary. If you guys want to see that, just check it out. Just look for Evangelista Santos uh, surgery and you'll see it's a scar that goes from here all the way over to hear so essentially from what i gather and obviously i'm not a medical professional it looks like they made the incision peeled the skin back and then you know put screws and plates to fix that skull fracture but man it was it, it it's a scary looking it, you know it's a scary looking aftermath for sure i mean it was just as as scary seeing it uh as it played out and also obviously after the fight but the the scar that he has is is pretty fucking scary folks if if you guys get a chance definitely just to, just to see it by all means definitely do um yeah slick actually shared in the chat room if you're in the chat the uh the before picture slick if you can find the after picture yep that's it uh yeah it's 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 scary stuff but um if you want to see what that looks like definitely head over to uh, mtrlive.com and slick actually posted the photos in the chat but good to hear that he is on the mend as we were talking about in the beginning of the segment we were talking about obviously uh, the possibility of certain fights taking place in madison square garden now that mma is sanctioned here in the state of new york well the ufc is not the only organization trying to get in on the action uh, world series of fighting actually announced to uh, via press release that they will be having a show on Ma- at Madison Square Garden on New Year's Eve. If you are a longtime MMA fan, you know that there's always some organization doing a show on New Year's Eve, uh, whether it was Dream or any other organization. But now, if you're an MMA fan here in New York State uh, and in New York City, for that matter, you can participate by checking out the World Series of Fighting on New Year's Eve in Madison Square Garden. As of right now, no fights have officially been announced, but the card will air on NBC. And, of course, it's right here in the beautiful Big Apple. So uh, definitely cool to see that, to see another organization take advantage and get themselves some placement 
in Madison Square Garden. Props to World Series of Fighting for bringing their organization to the Big Apple, um, waiting for the inevitable Bellator New York debut as well, as I think that Bellator shows are always uh, entertaining to watch, and I think that they would definitely make some waves here in the Big Apple. That's for sure. All right, so last week we were talking about Chad Mendez's suspension. Um, you know, I talked about it briefly, and it's weird that, you know, he obviously he's accepted his punishment, but he was saying, and and again, I'm going based on what he stated in an interview that he did, that uh, the reason that he tested positive was because of some uh, the the substance that he tested positive for was in a cream for psoriasis. Um, according to what they said, they um, he had what was GHRP6, which is a growth hormone releasing hexapeptide during an out of competition urine test that was conducted on May 17th. Uh, the suspension and the punishment is that he cannot resume competition until June 10th, 2018. Um, as I said, Chad doesn't deny taking the substance, but he said that it was from a skin cream that he uses to treat plaque psoriasis. He went on to say that the condition plaque psoriasis he has is on his shins, scalp, on his ears, uh, big patches on his side, and that, you know, he ended up using the cream at the recommendation of someone because the condition that he has, uh, plaque psoriasis is just, you know, it's, it, it definitely affects your, you know, your self-esteem because you get these big red scaly patches, whether they're on your face or on your arms or on your groin, wherever there's a, a, a multitude of places that you can get uh, plaque psoriasis. And, you know, I've known people that, that suffer from that personally, personally, I know them. And, and it's definitely, you know, it's something that in terms of just your, your self-esteem and, you know, your, your awareness that people might be looking at you in, in this, in, you know, in a strange way, I, I can understand seeking relief now is 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 it true or not true obviously that's that's not up to me to decide but i know that a lot of the treat the, the treatments that are used for um things like uh psoriasis or um what's the other one seborrheic dermatitis uh there's there's always a, a litany a barrage of different creams i remember um i was I was getting a lot of dryness and redness, right? So I go to my, my dermatologist and they give me a cream and I'm using the cream. They, they tell me to put the cream on my face, whatever. It clears it up. And I went to my, my regular medical doctor for a routine physical. And of course you get the old, uh, you know, are you taking any medications? And I'm like, no, I'm using this cream for redness and dryness, blah, 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 blah. My doctor looks at it. He goes, Oh, how often are you using the cream? I'm like, oh, you twice a day usually. And he goes, listen, you got to bring that down to maybe once a week. If that, if it, um, if it's a bad flare up or, or a bad case of redness or dryness. And I'm like, all right, you know why? So turns out that the side effect for that skin cream, which is crazy, is that it actually thins out your skin to the point where you can risk tearing your skin. Let's say if you sneeze or or had any, or maybe scratched your face a little too aggressively, you'd be capable of tearing your skin rather easily because the the skin would be thinned out due to the cream. You know, the 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 side effect is that the cream clears it up, but it also thins out your skin, which is crazy. So obviously, uh, my usage of that cream 
went down and then eventually I just was so apprehensive I stopped using it. But, you know, in, in Chad Mendez's case, you know, he used this cream. He said he ended up checking the ingredients and he found out that the cream actually had the GHRP-6. Now, there's there's a lot of different things that can be taken from this. Number one, you know, you're using shit that people are recommending and you're not getting it checked out and it bit you in the ass. Now, the other thing is that in his case, you know, he's working on some on some other endeavors that are that are taking off outside of the cage, but he's not getting any younger. I believe that it, when he comes back from suspension, uh, I think he said he was going to be maybe 36 or 37 when he comes back. And, you know, that 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 raises some questions in terms of career longevity, et cetera, et cetera. But um, if it is true that it was due to a to a skin cream, it's another thing that fighters have to worry about if they're dealing with issues like, you know, plaque psoriasis or skin issues uh, that, you know, it, it becomes something of, of, of a huge, huge concern, especially for a guy like Chad Mendez. So we'll see what happens. Like I said, he is suspended until 2018. As a matter of fact, he's not eligible to return to UFC competition until June tenth, twenty eighteen. So, you know, it's 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 a tough call. It's it's unfortunate. I mean, I like Chad Mendez. I mean, he's a he's an exciting fighter to watch. But don't you know now with the USADA really getting aggressive with the testing, everything you use, whether it's topical, um, you know, any sort of any oral medications, any any substances that you you know that you're not sure of any supplements that you might not be sure of all of that shit could make a break a career and of course like anything else you know if you're if you're knowingly taking any of this shit then whatever you know you knew the risks but if it's something where hey you know I'm being treated for this condition and you know your doctor doesn't divulge that it it may make your drug test positive then those are different issues and i mean a lot of that blame obviously falls on on the medical team as well because if you go to your doctor and you explain hey i'm i'm a fighter or i'm you know an athlete you know i don't want this to affect my performance or or my testing results etc cetera, etc cetera, then obviously they have to find alternatives and solutions if you if they're you know part of your team same same can be said for managers and i've talked about this too you know the supplement companies are pitching guys left and right use our stuff sell our shit and you're just no you're taking some of this stuff without really getting to the bottom of what it could be what the ingredients are can the uh, ingredients trigger uh false positives like there's there's a lot of stuff man that is can sabotage your career especially now that the USADA is really going after anyone and everyone on you know on the UFC roster so definitely you got to you got to be careful um you know as a fighter that you're you're not sabotaging your career for you know using a an over the counter cream or a supplement or some sort of a pre workout you know supplement you don't you don't need it you don't need the aggravation and of course there's there's obviously cases that can be made where you go before the commission and you have medical proof or you have a doctor come in and obviously it lessens it may lessen the suspension or it may lessen the fine or it may be that they they see that it was justified and you don't get suspended or fined but just to go through that exercise especially in in a sport where every dollar counts you know every dollar counts in terms of paying for your camp and paying for your team and your coaches and 
your your flights and your dietitian and et cetera, et cetera. Every dollar is critical for for a mixed martial artist. So you know to get caught out there for bullshit is just not the name of the game. So we'll see what happens. Like I said, if anything changes with regards to Chad Mendez, I will share it with you guys. But otherwise, you will be seeing him in June 2018. All right. So that last bit of news is actually going to wrap up our MMA segment for this week. Let's switch gears and jump into some wrestling. I realized last week um, that I did not get a chance to share my experience at Lucha Lucha Promotions uh, Rey del Underground, which was a Lucha Libre event that was held here in New York, um, in Queens, in Corona, Queens. And um, I mentioned last week that I was going to talk about it and, you know, give you guys a play by play. And I realized that after I had wrapped the show, I'm like, shit, I said I was going to talk about this and I didn't. And um, I did want to talk about it a little bit for a couple of reasons. Uh, first and foremost, you know, Jay, Jay Santee has been on air numerous times. I've had various indie wrestlers, and I say it all the time, to try and support your independent wrestling organizations and independent wrestling events, whether it's that, that, the, that small promotion that holds shows at a, at a local high school gym or, you know, a regional promotion that does shows in your area, you know, go check out a show. Uh, you know, it's it's a cool experience. The money goes to the wrestlers, you know, in most cases, uh, a, a good a good portion of it. Plus, it's a more intimate venue. You get to interact with the wrestlers on a more personal level, pick up some cool merch, depending on who's there. Plus, if there's any superstars from other organizations who are working the independent, you can always meet them and and engage with them in some capacity. So the this event, oddly enough, I ended up attending it at the recommendation of Jimbo Slice, who told me, hey, man, they're doing this match. Uh, Phoenix from Lucha Underground is going to be wrestling Pentagon Jr. We should go. And it was funny because I looked at the card and I messaged the promoter and I was like, listen, you know, I want to buy some tickets and talk about the show, uh, maybe cover it for the site, et cetera, et cetera. And myself and the promoter, we exchanged a lot of messages. There was, you know, there was a, a little bit of a, of a headache in terms of communication and getting the tickets and whatever. But when it was all said and done, we got the tickets. We go to the venue, which was uh, Club Laboom here in, uh, in in Queens, New York. And it was it was a crazy show. Insane. There was... There were a lot of cool things, obviously, aside from a lot of the independent talent that worked the show and, you know, a lot of new talent that got on my radar. Uh, shout outs to Mike Orlando and his crew. Um, you know, those guys, super heels. And when I mean super heels, it's think about this. Uh, the area where we were, which is Corona, Queens, is a a melting pot of different Hispanic nationalities, um, whether it's Colombian, uh, Dominican, Mexican, uh, Puerto Rican. It's just, it's a melting pot. You can cross a street and see a Dominican restaurant and walk up a block and have some arepas or walk down to another block and have some Peruvian food. It's, it's just a, a melting pot. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of the, 
the the predominant cultures in that area usually are South American and to to some degree even uh, a lot more depending on which area specifically there's a lot more Mexican people so when we were there you know we're watching all the matches you know a lot of the stuff is is being done in Spanish and it was it was it was pretty cool and these guys Mike Orlando El Gringo Loco and um what the hell uh Mr. Clutch El Chato Negro <laughs> these guys they came out man and as soon as they come out it's just just anti lucha rhetoric uh rhetoric against against Mexican people it was it was insane it got to a point where the crowd was so angry like legitimately angry that they were throwing shit in the ring sodas bottles it looked like if you guys watch WCW Nitro in the old days when people would throw shit into the ring at the end of the show, that's that's how it went down. I mean, we we had a lot of great openers, a lot of great independent talent working there. Um, but these guys, every time they came out, it was something. It was crazy. So um, the guy who's kind of, I guess, the leader of, of the faction, he ended up, um, you know, he ended up working with um ricky reyes from lucha underground uh who many of you may know as cortez castro so what ended up happening was they were doing that match he was you know they said oh the our champion is going to be facing a mystery opponent turned out it was ricky reyes dude comes out they have a, a really crazy match it ends with a run-in uh with the you know with this uh anti-mexican faction coming in they attack ricky reyes then the guys from the locker room come out it is a melee so this guy, one of the guys from the stable, Mike Orlando, he's, you know, he's outside. He's, um, you know, he, he's interacting with the fans. And there was a guy, he was with his two kids, um, Hispanic. I, I, I could say he was Mexican. I'd be wrong if, if, he, if he wasn't. But uh, just a guy, a Hispanic guy. He's there, blitzed out of his mind. Because, again, this event, this, this event is taking place in a club with a very big bar which also happens to have a, an indoor taco stand. Make your own jokes if you wish. But in any case, you got this indoor bar selling hard liquor plus beer. People are getting destroyed. This guy, he's sitting there with his kids, which might have been no more than maybe five or six years old, to the left of him. And he's, his eyes are red and bloodshot. And um, this wrestler, Mike Orlando, he's like, fuck you, man. I fucking kill you. Yeah, you motherfucker. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's going to go crazy because he just looked like the type of dude that when you get into a fight with him, he'd pull a, a, like a, like a knife out of his shoe and cut you. Like this, this was the vibe that the dude gave off. So, you know, Mark Orlando, these guys, they're talking shit. I'm there with my wife and Jimbo Slice and, um, uh, another guy that he introduced us to that, that trains at our gym. I'm just going to, I'm just going to call him Jay, you know, obviously not to, to give out his uh, his information because whether he consented or not, don't want to do that. But in any case, you know, Mike Orlando's interacting with him and um, it was crazy. It was really, really crazy stuff. So at, at, there was a point in the show where at, between every couple of matches, they'd come out, they'd thank the sponsors, you know, X uh, Tortilla Place or X Insurance Company. Uh, and they had this giant corn I kid you not, it's a person in a giant corn costume with a smiley face walking around, uh, touching kids, interacting with kids, giving kids stuff and prizes. So, you know, 
myself, my wife, uh, Jimbo Slice, we were all laughing. You know, Jimbo Slice fucking with the corn, which was awesome, yelling at it. It was it was insane. So there was one point in the evening where they were like, oh, you know, we want to know who's the most Mexican individual here. Who is the who has the most Mexican pride? So, you know, we're going to give you guys a special prize. And um, they had these guys come in, two guys, one guy, you know, pretty on the up and up. Another guy totally bombed out of his mind. So he comes up and the guy's like, all right, you know, if you're going to do it, we want you to do, you know, like the uh, like the mariachi, uh, you know, cantinflas type of, a, you know, if, if you're familiar with, with Hispanic programming, you know, cantinflas and these characters. And, you know, you got to come on. You got to be like, hi, 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 you know, like that kind of shit. So this guy comes out and he does it like straight textbook, straight, you know, Spanish TV, straight, you know, dust till dawn, desperado style shit. And everybody goes crazy. Yeah. So the other guy, the 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 guy who's who's completely blitzed, he comes up, he does it. And everybody, you know, he kind of gets a cheer. So they're like, yeah, you know, we need a guy, you know, we need somebody who's not Mexican. So it's funny because, you know, you got myself, who obviously looks Hispanic, uh, uh, my wife, who obviously does not, uh, Jimbo Slice, and uh, the uh, our buddy Jay. So this guy, Jay, uh, you know, he was he was pretty much kind of just rooting for the heels, you know, being a being a fan, you know, really immersed in the experience. We were all having a blast laughing. So when they were like, yeah, you know, we need we need a gringo. We need, you know, which is slang for you know non non-hispanic or white or what you know any just non-hispanic white usually 99 percent of the time it's white so they were like yeah we need a gringo we need a gringo to come in and you know a gringo can come in and 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 see if they could represent mexico better than the mexicans it was it was funny it was funny stuff so you know we're in the crowd we're sitting uh second row and a lady comes up and she's pointing at, at Jay, like really, like standing behind him, pointing down at him, and everybody's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, the gringo, that guy." And you know, uh, the, the, this kid Jay, the big dude. You know, we all train at the same gym. Uh, younger, younger guy goes in there, long hair, pretty jacked. You know, we're, we're we're having some some laughs, and that we, you know, he looks at us like, "Yo, you know, like for real." And you know, him and Jimbo Slice they have a laugh, and he goes up. So they're like, "All right, you know." this is what we want you to do. Can you do this? So he comes up and, you know, he's a, he's a, I believe he's, you know, he's a, he's a, he seems like a metal head because we were talking about some music and stuff. So definitely got the vibe that he's into metal. So he comes up and instead of doing, you know, that, you know, that what the other guys were doing, he goes in and he does like a metal head, like, And everybody's like, oh, shit. And they go, you know, people go crazy because this is the most randomest thing ever. But it was so random. And, you know, I'm fucking videotaping this, laughing my balls off. Like, there is video of this. There is. Um, I'm debating if I'm going to release this on YouTube or not. We'll see. But, yeah, just just laughing. I'm laughing hysterically. I think the bulk of the video is probably just my laughing in the background, my chortling. Cause you know I have a I have a, I do have a knack and I do laugh I do it's not always piss and vinegar and anger but I do laugh and sometimes if it's something over the top I'll, I'll I'll have a laughing fit like I'll laugh for like five minutes straight to the point where I have no oxygen and I'm practically fucking dead 
But um, I'm laughing because he did that shit and everybody, you know, the crowd was into that shit. So they um, they go and they had the, the lady who's running the, the, the event. She's like, no, 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 that's not it. You know, so they have the, the guy. They're like, yo, do it again. And he's like, hey, 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 hey. And, uh, you know, everybody's like, yeah. You know, all the all, all the Hispanic people like, see, just fucking in the zone. So then they're like, you got it. And he's like, yeah, I could do that. So I give him the mic. And all of a sudden, he's just like, ooh, into the, and, and again, everybody's like, eh, you know, they're kind of cheering, they're into it. So, you know, Jay is super pumped, and he's fucking, he starts flexing and shit, and he's, they leave him with the microphone, he's like, yeah, USA! And people are just, you know, we're like, oh, shit. And it just, it just went bananas in there, but he, he, he was, the kid, the kid had it, you know, he was a natural when he went in there, he was comfortable in there, it was funny as shit. I laughed my ass ass off and it was it was a fun 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 night uh definitely want to give a shout out to um hipster isaac from heel turn wrestling podcast he was doing a lot of the the photo and video of the event and you know our antics just he was fucking he couldn't keep a straight face he broke character like just laughing while he was taking photos i actually took some pictures with him and um it was funny it was funny stuff man it was probably one of the best times i've had uh, at an independent wrestling event, if I had to put it on a on a category of wrestling events I've attended, I gotta say uh, definitely top three, uh, probably right up there with one or with one or two of the House of Glory events that I've gone to, and um, an ICW event I attended that was fucking amazing. So um, and hell, even a couple of TNA events I've gone to that were pretty badass. But definitely a um, uh, great great night. Uh, when it comes to the main event, Phoenix and Pentagon Jr., it was to watch those guys work on television and then and then see them and experience their work for real. You just you just don't know how to how to I can't even put it into words. It's 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 something you need to experience. It was fast paced, um, tight. The you know, the ring work was stellar. The crowd involvement was out of this world and. It was crazy after the match was over because people were throwing money in the ring, uh, you know, dollar bills and shit. And Pentagon and Phoenix are picking up the money. And Pentagon cut an amazing post-match promo that I'm going to put on a, on our RageWorks YouTube channel. Um, it was it was a stellar night. I gotta I gotta genuinely thank uh, Jimbo Slice for for saying, "Hey man, we should go check this out," and and really really pushing pushing for it because you know it was one of those. It's like. Not that, not that I hate going to events and doing any of that shit, but you know I'm a homebody. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not you know like I say home. I got a I got a house full of gadgets and toys and stuff. And you know don't get me wrong, I like to go out and do shit, but it's not the norm. You know it's like for me to go to a wrestling event. I think it's partially just because I've become a a, a seat snob over the years. It's got to be like first, second row, or nothing. You know like SummerSlam is here in New York. It's like I'm not going to buy a nosebleed seat to stare at the giant screen when I can watch the shit at home, pause it when I need to go to the bathroom, eat whatever I want in the privacy of my own home. Uh, same thing with NXT. And to a point, it's like, yeah, you know, you're 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 kind of screwing yourself out of these opportunities. But on the same to on the same note, I know myself. I know how I am. And I'm like, do I really want to just be annoyed or aggravated and, and not enjoy it the way it's, it's meant to be enjoyed? So be it. But um. Shout out to to the guys at Lucha Libre Promotions. Uh, a lot of hard workers there. A lot of great talent that I got put onto. Um, like I said, just just you know, really really cool uh, 
people that were there. And of course, Pentagon and Phoenix were amazing. We got to do a meet and greet with them. Uh, both of them were tremendous. I actually spoke to Pentagon Jr. briefly be- took, before we took our photo. I was asking him about how was Comic-Con. He got to meet uh, Mike Kingston from Headlock. And he was like, yeah, man, it was cool, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, definitely a great night. Again, you know, you can check out the photos from that event on our Facebook fan page, facebook.com forward slash official rage works. Uh, it just brought me uh, slick just brought to my attention that Jay is on the line. I'm going to bring him on board and I believe he may have someone with him whose voice you guys that are, you know, subscribers to the RageWorks network may know. Mr. Santi, are uh, you I, there? Wrong. Josie's boy is in the building. Oh, look at that. Call me when it's over. Josie's boy is in the building. For those of you that have yeah. not checked out Call Me When It's Over, please do so. Uh, mm-hmm. Josie's boy has been crushing it, uh, talking about life, art, uh, the, the, occasional, the occasional nudie pictures, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. hip-hop. Yeah. You name it, he's definitely run the gamut. It's a, it, it definitely is a variety show in every sense of the word, but with some artistic flair for sure. What's going on, brother? How yeah. are you? I'm 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 good, man. I'm I'm just sitting here celebrating. Uh, first off, let me say comingwithsilver.com. There you go. Uh, con- congratulations on hitting a hundred thousand on the site, man. It, that that that's a big deal. Uh it is. But you know that's- what? It's it's it is a big deal in the sense that it's a it's a fantastic number, and you know it is what it is. But like I said at the start of the show, man, <laughs> it's 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 partly in part. You know it's. It's partly, you know, the work I do, but it's it's also the work you guys do. You guys go, you guys put out the shows every week. You guys are bringing in different people, different audiences, different listeners. You're touching people in in, in areas that I am not as pedo and creepy as that sounds. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, some some somebody may may come, somebody may come for the art and stay for the wrestling, you know? No, it's just true, man. It's it's it's, it's, a, it's a family effort, man, and I'm 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 just grateful to be a part of this family. I appreciate you for giving me the platform, and I'm just here to help as much as I can, man. So, uh, where 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 you guys have you know the the comic book stuff and the Jay Santee with the sports stuff, and it's like I'm I'm here for the culture. You know what I'm saying? I'm here for the culture. So let 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 me let me be the the ribbon that ties everything together and makes it one big present. Yeah, I mean, you know, you 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 came on board at the uh, the recommendation of of Mr. Santee, and um, you know, it's been it's definitely been uh, it's been great having you on board, and it helps also that you know you're 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 a wrestling fan to boot, and you appreciate yeah. a lot of the stuff that we talk about. Which for those of you that aren't aware, I figured I'll give I'll give you the 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 open floor. Give give some people the uh, the short synopsis on what you go through on Call Me When It's Over if they haven't checked it out yet. Oh yeah, man. For for everybody that that hasn't checked out Call Me When It's Over, man. Literally, I am. Oh well, I have a name. I go by your girl's favorite artist. Uh, not given to me. Given to me by. Uh, I didn't make it up. But given to me by the people. But uh, yeah, I'm Joseph Boy, your girl's favorite artist. And Call Me When It's Over is literally just a culture show, man. It's life through my eyes. Life through an artist's eyes. So anybody that comes on that show has affected me in some way or has some effect. 
on my life in some way. So it goes anywhere from my guy Nico Woods, who just so happens to be one of my favorite rappers and a personal friend of mine, all the way to my, my guy uh, Tycho Moon, who's just one of the best designers that I know. And same thing, happens to be really close to me. And uh, down all the way to uh, my homegirl Margarita Cruz, who I've known for a long time on the, the open mic circuit uh, while I was live painting, and she's uh, just performing she's a poet a writer you know it's it's literally everything it, it's literally like a uh, culture gumbo it's culture there you gumbo, go man. I'm, I'm i'm just here to give everybody something great to listen to and not only do you get to hear my illustrious voice you get to you get to have some 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 great interviews all, all along the way man and i'm just have i'm just here to have everybody have a good time and uh just just do what i can to to contribute to the culture, man, and call me when it's over. dot com. We're gonna just just join join the wave because trust me, it's it's there. Yeah, it's, there. I mean, it's, it's something you need to be around. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I, I got to tell people that don't know. You know, Josie's boy on top of hosting the show, super active on social media in terms of just uh, you know doing doing painting on social media, doing live streams on <clears throat> social media, uh, super active in the community, uh, doing painting events throughout uh, New York City sharing sharing the culture and the art with with everybody that's out there and um it's what it's one of the it's one of the reasons why why we all vibe so well because you know we all have an art form in some capacity yours just happens to be substantially more creative with a paintbrush and a canvas and a pen and a pencil you know versus one of us that you know picks up a microphone or does you know video editing or whatever but the the art form is what brings us together and you know it's one of those things where you know you're you're well on your way. You know, you got soon 20 episodes on the belt. This all started as uh, an yeah, extension man. of TRSS, and here we are. Yes, yes, and I'm, I'm very thankful, honestly, man. Like like I said, uh, thanks to, to, to you for giving me the platform, my guy Jay Santee, for who actually happens, happens to be a really close friend of mine, uh, more like a brother than anything, uh, him for, promo- for, for uh, producing my show. Uh, like you said, not only do I... I, I put on these these great interviews for shows. I'm also a painter. Uh, this year in October, it'll make 15 years that I've been painting. I've been drawing my whole life, but 15 years since I've been uh, since I picked up painting. And you know, I have I, I, I do shows. I, I I've I've done. I mean, you just to run down my resume really really quick. I've worked for companies like Red Bull and Tom's and Urban Outfitters, Kid Robot. I've done. Art Basel about three, four times. It's I've you know I, I my my resume is is pretty good. You know not to brag or anything like that. But as right now, right now besides all that, I'm also here as a wrestling fan. Yep, and that's and that and it's actually one of the reasons why I was oh. going to say I know you called in to to talk about um you know CMWIO, but also yes. I know you're here to to talk some wrestling and um, yeah. You know, I gotta, I gotta ask before I, I, I go into some of the stuff from wrestling this week. How are you feeling with the current climate of wrestling as a whole? Do you feel that it's a, it's a, it's an amazing period? I saw, I believe it was MVP who shared on social media recently that he said he goes, he goes the new, the new age of wrestling fans have so much at their disposal versus the previous yeah. generation that that yeah. he was saying that it's it's you know it's it's a great period for wrestling. What do you think? I yo 100% I agree with MVP 100%. Right now with with the and it's funny cuz I, I sit and I, I speak with Jay Santee about this. It's like, you know, 
uh, we talked about people's opinions uh, as, uh, now as opposed to then. It's like, say, about 30, 40 years ago, you would have that one column in a, na- in, in a magazine or in, or, or in a newspaper that was the source that everybody right. went to where it would be that, that one opinion. Now you literally have people voicing everything. It's like the First Amendment is at its highest right now. Right. People can say whatever. Of course, of course, you know, that subjects us to trolls and all the people that, that have nothing but negative things to say. But besides all that, right now, I feel like we, we voice what happens. We, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, you know, Vince McMahon has people in the company that, that follow uh, people's Twitter, the papers, yep. and the people's yep. Instagrams and Snapchats and stuff. Absolutely. Like, they read that stuff. And this is why the, the, the well, NXT, whatever, the indie scene is so big right now. It's like, uh, oh, so much has happened in the past past week or so, specifically in New, in the New York indie scene. And we have guys like, like honestly, AJ Styles had a huge career uh, indie-wise, you know, New Japan, TNA, ROH. And it's like now... Even though he's a little older, but now it's like because of the fans, because of the people, he's on the biggest platform possible. That's right. You have guys, guys like Seth Rollins, uh, uh, Johnny Gargano, uh, Dean Ambrose. Like all of these guys were were in these these bingo halls and these small arenas. Like we, the people, we made them. We I, made them. And and what's so great is that they don't forget about us. Nope. They don't, and that's the, the the funny thing is, you know, to 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 add to that, we look at the wealth of wrestling that is presented to us now across the board. Think about it: WWE gives us five hours between Raw and SmackDown. You got one hour of NXT. You got the Cruiserweight Classic. All the stuff on the network. You got Lucha Underground tearing it up now. Just found out that El Rey is officially on files in standard definition, but now on files. Yeah, channel one ninety eight. Um. You know, you got that. You have uh, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, Evolve. Uh, just there's there's so many smaller promotions on the come up. You know, companies like Ring of Honor that are still going out there crushing yeah. it, crushing it with diehard fans, amazing matches. And, you know, I, I've joked about it on the show. I used to say that before NXT got popped off, Ring of Honor was WWE's developmental territory. Because think about oh, it. Every, yeah, dude, every dude they took out of there was you know was was gold standard material from you know CM Punk to Samoa Joe to Daniel Bryan and no, Daniel Bryan you yeah know, it's crazy it's yeah it's you know it's 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 funny like right now it's it, it's kind of in a sense wrestling is kind of going back to the golden era cuz you look at it the way it was like you know 70s going into the 80s it was territorial so it's like right now we 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 still kind of have those those territories because you have the promotions in Rhode Island, California, Texas, uh, Canada, you know, like all all of these places, and it's like you have these stars that we see in different places. Yep. Go uh, territory to territory to territory, and now they have the opportunity to do things like NXT, to do things like TNA, to do things, you know, and still be in Beyond, still be in House of Glory, uh, uh, still be at all these other promotions. And it's like the reason why is the fans. The fans, like we, as as adamant as we are on social media, this is why, and, and this is why WWE they they go big with the whole the universe. Yep. It's, it's like I don't know for people who like you know uh, watched 
the latest NXT, but when Bobby Roode came out and did his interview, he made it. He made it uh, his purpose to go out and say, "Not only am I NXT, you guys are all NXT." That's right. Because let's be honest, without the fans, the product wouldn't be the way it is right now. Because if it wasn't for us, we would still be stuck with the the you know the the people that are like, and I'm not bashing them, but people like Batista's, you know, just the the really big, uh, classic quintessential. Muscle bound guys, right? Well, the well, car now, now, yeah. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that, no. What you were saying is 100 percent true. You know what it is? The cartoon character era of wrestling has passed, and this is one of the things that many of us debate on a consistent basis. People talk about, oh, we need the Attitude Era back. We need the Attitude Era back. And I've said no. it on numerous shows. You know that was that was a one shot deal. We got we got yes. that, and that's it. It's the same thing with ECW. It's the same thing. With, you know, the golden age of wrestling, the Hogan Savage, you know, that era, the the Monday Night Wars, all of that stuff was essentially the foundation to give us what we have now to try and recreate that is a disservice to that to that era. Like people trying to say, well, who's going to be the next Stone Cold or who's going to be the next Rock or who's going to be the next Goldberg? It's like, why can't? You know, Seth Rollins be the next Seth Rollins. You know, why does he have to be the next this or the next that? Like, the problem is that too many people, and these are sometimes longtime fans, they're like, yeah, man, we need to to apply, you know, this formula to this dude. I mean, it's like I said, not last last week's episode, the week prior. I'm like, look, everybody that's out there saying, you know, Roman Reigns and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, Roman Reigns is fucking bullshit, but he's bullshit because the company feels that they can make him not be bullshit. You know, the right. guy the guy comes in, he punches a clock and he goes to work like the rest of us. The only difference is yep. that Vince is tell Vince is saying this is the guy, this is the guy, this is the guy and creative is kind of like, no, he's not. You know, it's like he's yeah. right. <laughs> you know, like and, and that's nobody's fault and that's what I mean. Like right now, you turn on the television and like I said last week, you know, I had a conversation with Jimbo Slice. I was like, "Yo, if you had to build your company, you have to build a WWE. Who would you? Who would you? Who would be your your guy? And you know, it was like Seth Rollins came to to mind immediately. And you look at Seth Rollins. Think about it. This guy honed his skills elsewhere. Yeah, he came here mm-hmm. and he finished the job. You know what I mean? He turned the corner. But this dude was an A one wrestler, was an A one performer elsewhere. He just came here and showed right. it to a bigger audience. That's it. You're 100 percent correct. And you know, it's it's funny because I'm I'm a I'm a big believer in mastering your craft yep even though you know there's no such thing as perfection but you have to master what you do like so many guys that you know a guy that we speak about uh me you have spoken about gary vanderchuk yep uh he he always believes in uh accentuating your strengths yep and forgetting about your weaknesses yep and you have guys like all right seth rollins He's like, what do I do best? I have the attitude. I have the, the, the moves. I have the believable personality. Yep. Uh, personality. Yep. Let me accentuate that. Yep. You have guys like uh, Daniel Bryan. The crowd loves me. Let me play to that. They pay attention to everything that I do. Let me play to that. Yep. You have guys, like, like all of these people know, all right, I have these packages, but what, where, what did they do? They spent years and years and years mastering that, yep. figuring that out. So as opposed to somebody like, even though, you know, a, a part of me, uh, out of the shield, I always, I did pick Roman Reigns to be a star. I'm yep. not even going to deny that. Because he looked the it. The shield was together. 
Right, he right, he looked the part. It's like and subconsciously we're all we, we have that in the back of our minds, like that is what a star looks like in WWE, you know right. what I'm saying? Right. But when when you have somebody that's picked out with and, and he's a hard worker, we all know that, but out of that trio, he was the least talented. Yep. Hundred percent. But that was because of how they right. were packaged. Think about it. When they originally right. debuted, Ambrose did all the talking. And then, yeah. you know, randomly, Rollins started doing all the talking. And then Rollins talking became so good that Ambrose was just, he was left to fucking fidget in the background like a crazy man. And then, right. you know, Roman had one word. You know, he had the one, like, believe that, and that was it. <laughs> you know, like, he didn't have to say it. And everybody was like, this works. Because it's something that I said a while back that made Paul Heyman a unique guy. Paul Heyman was all right. about finding what was good about the performer and hiding what was terrible. You got to remember, and I tell people all the time, you know, Vince McMahon was, a, was, you know, is a star maker, but Paul Heyman yeah. knew how to take, make a chicken salad out of chicken shit. This is a guy that took the Portuguese man of war, Aldo Montoya, yeah. and turned him into just incredible. Yes. You know? Yes. He, he took he took a company full of misfit kids. Like, all the ECW uh, wrestlers are misfit children. They're like a big group of Bad News Bears. Yep. You know, they're, 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 they were like, he had, they had talent. A lot of them had talent, but then some of them were just like, you know what? Like, let's be honest. Who believed that Mikey Whipwreck would, be, would get over on the crowd the way he did? Yep. Like, this is this is this is this is a guy who's like all right he's nineteen uh, he doesn't know anything you know how can I translate this and Paul Heyman being the genius that he was that he is excuse me that he is it's like all right let me accentuate the 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 the, the, the feeling of all right you know what I get my ass beat but I still get back up yep and he he made it relatable and so for somebody like that to kind of still, you know, still be in the background, still be in the business. I know he's in, he's in the ears of a lot of these young talent, and I just hope, I hope that almost all of them listen to him. Yeah, well, I mean, I they have that. a wealth of knowledge. I mean, this is a guy that took, you know, Rhino and made Rhino right. a household name. And, I mean, whether you think Rhino's a good wrestler or not, it's like you'll never forget him coming out and goring like Beulah, you know, or, or crazy. Shit. Right. <laughs> or, 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 or a better example, Tommy Dreamer. You look at Tommy Dreamer, love Tommy Dreamer, but you look at him at a quick glance, it's like, dude, you're like a car salesman. Like, what are you doing? You know, like he looks that, but amazing talent. He was the guy that showcased, you know, the Rey Mysterios and the, and the Eddie Guerreros and the, you know, yes. the, the uh, you know. Those guys, he took get wrists on, you know, Hayabusa and Jinsei Shinzaki. I remember they took on one of my favorite matches against Rob Van Dam and Sabu. Nobody knew who they were. The closest people remembered about Jinsei Shinzaki was when he was Hakushi in WWF. Right, right. And how many years ago was that? (laughs) You know, like, he breathed breathed life into a lot of these dudes, man. And that's something people don't realize. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. Vince, there's, there's there's different ways to mold clay to make something. You know, you could give clay to yeah. a little kid and he can make an ashtray that looks like a dinosaur's head and it's all misshapen, but it's still an ashtray. Paul Heyman did that. He, you know, he'd shape clay and it was still an entertainer. Not the entertainer that Vince yeah. would create, but an entertainer nonetheless. And this, this is why Vince treats him the way he does. It's like Vince knows 
he's useful. Yep. He like like you brought up Rhino. It's like I can't I can't ever see Rhino and you know not see the gore like see the gore and not hear Paul Heyman going gore gore yep. gore like you know how when you see Stone Cold you hear Jr. Yep. You know it's like how 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 could how could Paul Heyman not be synonymous with greatness? Yep. It's like he 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 created greatness. It's like he took a company that was in the pitfalls and made it to something that was, I remember staying up till two o'clock in the morning to watch ECW. Yep, I remember going to the Elks Lodge on Queens Boulevard next to the strip joint and being in the crowd, <laughs> being in the crowd like a complete like a complete degenerate. I remember Bubba Ray Dudley was just just belligerent to the crowd, man, nearly causing a riot in there, and I was like. I was like, wow, am I in the right place or what? Like, you know, I'm a young kid. I'm like, this is crazy. You know, he's like, he's like, you're a piece of shit. You're a piece of trash. Like, this guy's there with his wife. He's like, take your skank wife and get the fuck out of my building. Everybody's like, oh, shit. Like, I'd never seen that because you were so used to the, you know, like, like middle finger, like Stone Cold giving the middle finger at the time was about as crazy as it got until obviously it got crazier. Exactly. But, but ECW, it's like, yo, you were handing dudes the chairs to hit the other dudes in the head. Yeah, handing them, giving them kitchen sinks. And it's like that right there kind of goes with, uh, like Paul Heyman knew the, the fans, they made everything. Right. Like he knew if it wasn't for the fans, ECW wouldn't be what it was. And, he still has that mindset. Like he, he, Paul Heyman is a man that understands how big social media is. Yep, of course. And he, he, he under, that's why he does these, these uh, symposiums and he goes to speak to people and he does his speeches and he knows, like, all right, without, without them, like, the business doesn't move forward. Like, they, you know, honestly, that's why they, they, there are, you know, uh, surveys and things like that. It's like you can't move forward. There's no evolution without somebody's opinion. Hundred percent. And right now, right now in wrestling, it's like I, I feel like you know me, me and Jay spoke about this uh, not too long ago. We spoke about it a few times actually, and it's like it's kind of like a give and take with WWE. It's like they listen at one point. All right, at one point we feel like they listen too much. Yep. And at another point we feel like they listen too little. Right. And it turned to a point where, in my eyes, like last year, NXT was kind of on the brink of being played out really fast. Yep, it was happening, and people people were saying that, you know, like, I remember Quark wrote a piece, and he was just like, eh, I mean, even now, he kind of he kind of clowns NXT a bit in some of his, con- you know, some of his articles, and I see it, and mm-hmm. I understand where people are coming from, but you know what it was? It was because NXT was being booked as an indie instead of being booked right. as an entity. Right, yeah. exactly. That's what happened. Like, they exactly. were like, oh, we're going to book it just like Ring of Honor and everything else. You don't know who will show up. You don't know who's going to have a match. We're just going to have matches for the sake of having matches. And then, you know, when Dusty and Triple H and these guys got invested, they were like, all right, we're going to start crafting narratives. We're going to start building characters. We're going to start taking personas and making making dudes stand out. I mean, you know, when you look at a a guy like like Seth Rollins, when when if nobody remembers when Roman Reigns was in NXT or 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 Mm -hmm. let me let me re let me rephrase that the first incarnation of NXT that motherfucker came out in a hula dress and a puka shell necklace. And he, yep. w- and he was Leaki. Yep. You know, now he comes out looking like, looking like Aquaman in Justice League and everybody thinks that, you know, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Because, <laughs> you know, I joke about it, but it's like, yo, 
before dude got suspended, he looked like Kyle Drogo. Now he comes back and right. he looks just like dude who's still Kyle Drogo, but now Aquaman. I'm like, yo, what's going on back there? Like, I, like you know, like, <laughs> I see. I know you, yo, you, you're 100 right. It's like I see what they're trying to do with him. Like Vince, Vince really believes in his redemption story. Yep, and. I think I think you know. Part of me feels like it's kind of cool. The you know the the fans just because they they you know it's not even spoon fed the fans. It's like they literally fucking shoved chunks of cake yep. down somebody's throat like Matilda, and it's like eat this cake, fat boy, eat it, you know. And the Roman, you know, Roman Reigns being that, it's like all right, they force fed us so much that we can't ever like him. Yep, and you know. Eventually, that hate is going to turn to pity. Yep, and then it'll turn and, to love. Right, and Vince is really banking on that. And it's like, all right, you know, let him grow the beard. Let's change the color to his his bulletproof vest. Let's 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 let him get beat clean a few times. Let's let him come to the to the to the ring really angry, but you know, deal with it. Just you know, let him go through it. And it's like, all right, eventually the crowd's going to be. You know what? We're really hard on this guy. Yep. Let's let him fight he, and just see he, what happens. He's gonna. He, they're trying to really give him his Rocky Maivia, die Rocky oh, yeah. die moment before being reborn as something else, which leads me into you know this past week's Raw, and it's funny because I I want to say it was it it was an older wrestler, and his name escapes me. He was saying that WWE is doing that with Sasha Banks, and it's funny because Raw opened up with Sasha Banks coming out there, and she her and Charlotte had. Some 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 legit some legit fire in that promo, right. and then Enzo yeah. comes out, you know, and I'm looking at it, you know, and and you know, in terms of the bugs of the show, that was one of the things that I was like, it was it was bad. the The opening segment was good, but like the the ending and the payoff, I was like, man, you had all this mic work, all this energy, and the match felt right. a little flat, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, you know what it is. Yeah, you're right. I can't remember what wrestler said it, but um, <clears throat> I can. I understand what point he was making. Yep. It's like, all right, you're really trying to put like as much as I love Sasha. Don't get me wrong, but you're like you're putting um you know the the muscle magazines and you put her in every promo. You let her win the belt on Raw. I was looking forward to her winning the belt at SummerSlam. I'm, I, you know, I agree. You know, I, I think they did that though because they wanted to, you know, make Raw, you know, new. And 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 the gag right. is nobody ch- titles don't change hands on TV that much. So it's like, oh, we're gonna do something special. You know, I mean, the, right. uh, and it was funny too because everybody was like, yo, nobody, everybody talks about the match and how it felt flat, but. Um, <laughs> I just got a text that says Enzo is a little Italian meatball made of doo doo. <laughs> <laughs> yo, that, yo, that is the one dude I'm I'm I, like literally right now in the world that you can love and hate him just as yep. quick as you love him. Yep, I, I got to tell you, man, so when fast. he said that 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 you know he, he he clowned Jericho with the fucking commercial reference, I was done. I was like, wow, well played, sir, well played. Like I'm I, telling you, man. Like that was good, but then it's like it's too much Enzo. You know what I mean? Like, like he kind of he's he's like a dude that when you're make like he, he's like he's like a spice when you're cooking that too much of it'll ruin a dish. Right. You got to right. sprinkle it here and there. Exactly, yo. It's so funny you say that because 
as as much as I love his, you know, crap talking, there's always like some Raw or uh, pay per view or something like. I think it was like Raw two weeks ago. He ended up on the mic for like five minutes. Yep. And, and I'm that- like. I'm like, guy, you know, when is the match going to start? Yep. And then, you know, it's funny because there's a lot of stuff that people acknowledge. Like, I always joke about Big Kaz talking super slow. And the fact that Chris mm-hmm. Jericho used that in his promo, it's like, dudes right. are reading the internet. Dudes know the deal. Yes. Yes. Man, somebody like Chris Jericho, as he, he's in a fucking rock band. Like, he knows. Yep. He knows what time he, it he is. He knows how social media works. Yeah, he knows what's up. And, I, you know... I love I love Enzo and Cass, and I 100% see what Vince sees. Like, there's a lot of potential in Cass. Yep. I, you know, he's big, he's a big man, light on his feet, you know, really athletic. Like, he's, he has something. He, and, and then he has that look. He yep. has that, like, all right, you know what, I, I can see him being a champion one day type look. And the only thing that scares me is, like, all right, Vince is going to one day very soon in my eyes. Yep. Say, Go for you know that what? break. I want Cass. Right, I want Cass, and I don't want Enzo anymore. Yep, because what's happening is he in the old days you had that dynamic with with Kevin Nash and Shawn Michaels, but then the beauty mm-hmm. of it was that Shawn Michaels could talk the talk and wrestle, so it was like fuck, we can't even do anything with this little dude because he's so good. Oh. And then when Kevin Nash burst on the scene, it was like fuck, this guy's on another level. Now it's like, <laughs> and when you look at Enzo and Kaz, Enzo can talk man his wrestling is always questionable you know his wrestling is is uh, sometimes it's all right sometimes it's like oh what is happening and then kaz is exactly that it's almost like you see kevin nash a little bit like young kevin nash when he kind of burst on the scene he was a big dude intense oh, yeah. and you know it, it's definitely there the other thing i did want to mention and, and you know it's crazy is how far and people don't don't like to admit it but how far gallows and anderson have fallen yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> it's it's so scary that you say that. Yep. I they like they 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 break up. Like, all right, let's all right, let's like this one. They come in with such such fanfare because it's like, all right, all like you said, going back to the whole indie thing. It's like all of us as fans, we all know. All right, the Bullet Club is coming. Yep, the Bullet Club is coming. Like, we can't wait and. All this hype is built up, and it's like, AJ's here. He showed up at the Royal Rumble. It's like, he's killing John Cena. And it's like, it's only a matter of time before Finn Balor comes up. And, yep. you know, he comes, Gallows and Anderson. It's like, then they come, and it's like, we beat people. We beat up John Cena. Is that your only job? Yep. And that, and that was it. And then you put him in this match with the New Day, and that was one of the things that I said was bad. It's like, you put him in this match with the New Day. I understand you want to try and get him after the tag team titles. But it just felt like they're like, all right, you got to go out there and attack the New Day. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you want to get over his heels, you attack the most popular right. faces. But the New Day are still on a, on a different platform than the club. Yeah. Like, like dude, yeah. you can't touch those guys. Like, like the club should have been feuding with, you know, Lucha Dragons or the Usos or the primetime players if they were still together before. You know, like, they feuded with the Usos for a minute, but it's like, yo, you can't go up there. The New Day are are on another level, and in terms of putting together matches with the New Day, you got to put it together, what I like to call a two-tier system. You you need to go out there and talk uh, with those guys, you know? You need to be able to hang in the ring on the microphone, and then you need to be able to put it together in the ring, too. And, And it's like Gallows and Anderson's mic work has never exactly been, you know, setting the world on fire. 
at at all. Like Lou Gallows, he sounds like some guy, some somebody's like country ass dad. Yep. It's like, all right, you're you're not scary. Like we get it, you're big, but you're not you're not like big to the point where I'm intimidated. Nope. You're just like, all right, he just so happens to have stature. Yep. That's it. And you then know, poor and, like Carl said, Anderson is de facto uh, wrestler when you're creating a wrestler in WWE 2K16. Super default. Yep. Super default. And to go, like you said, to go up against the New Day, like you have to have something. Yep. And the New Day, are like tag team Jesus. Yep. It's like you, you're not just gonna like they can literally go anywhere and say, "All right, you know what? We don't have to wrestle. Yep. We can just stand in the ring and speak, and people love us." That's right. And that that doesn't happen very often. Nope, does not. Like they had potential. Like you could have put Enzo and and Kaz in a feud with the New Day. That would have worked if the primetime players mm-hmm. were together. You could put them in there with the New Day. That would have worked. But now it's yep. like when 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 your tag team consists of the Golden Truth and 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 the and, and the Puerto Ricans and and it's like that match. You know when it, when I was going through the good, the, the bad, the ugly, and the good, I was like, yo. And nothing about that match was good. Like the Golden Truth were just terrible. Like like they're abusing yeah. the Pokemon gimmick, and um, oh god, don't get me started on that. Yeah, and then you know the the, the Goya brothers. I felt bad for them. It's like yo, you guys come from a legendary family, and you're the yeah, only thing you can do is come out and tell people to come to Puerto Rico and get the Zika virus. Like what are you doing? <laughs> like, that's what you're doing. It, it it bothers me how much like Vince loves to play with race. Oh, I love it. Racial overcoats is what I like to call it. He likes to just put on this overcoat. Like, when Jinder Mahal came out, I said, please don't let him have a turban on. Please, God. <laughs> he did not. He he actually looked like a dude that goes to the club in Richmond Hill on a Saturday night. For real. He did. For so, real. But, but I'll take it. And, you know, with with right now, with, with the way the importance of the tag team in wrestling right now, because I mean, and it's not just WWE. Like you know, in the Indies, we're starting to see like some 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 big factions. It's like yep. you know, the Bullet Club is like rejuvenated right now in the Indies. scene. the the Young Bucks still one of my favorite teams. You have War Machine. You have you have a lot of teams right now that are yep. just, you know super tight. So it's like the the microscope on the tag team division in all wrestling is huge. It's like really tiny right now. It's like all right, we're paying attention to everything, and you you have like American Alphas and. Uh, Enzo and Cass, and, and then you say shit like, "All right, I have Gallows and Anderson, and they're gonna beat John Cena up." Yeah, exactly. That's what we're gonna do this week. They're gonna it, beat John Cena up. It's like I'm gonna talk about my hot Asian wife, and we're gonna beat John Cena up. Well, the thing that threw me yeah. off from this week too, and I kind of grouped this into some of the uglier sides of Raw. The you know the squash mm-hmm. matches, obviously, it's like we get it, they're big, we got it, right? And then. That Titus, that Titus O'Neil Darren Young match. I'm like, okay, it's a little friendly competition. The only good point of that match was Bob Backlund going crazy in the backstage segment, and <laughs> Titus O'Neil going, "You better shut the fuck up, old man, before I knock you on your ass." I was like, that was that was legit, and it was funny because Darren Young just comes in, "Yo, don't try and play yourself, man. What's wrong with you?" I'm like, all right. You know, like that was that was the only high point of that entire exchange. I'm like, yo, this match is fucking right. bullshit. And the, the the best part of it didn't even happen in the ring. Just Bob Backlund being a fucking psycho. That guy's gonna die out there. Yeah, you know, you know what's funny? Like, I feel like Bob Backlund is like super in shape for his age. Hell yeah, man! And 
he would he would like he you know goes crazy and shit. And it's like I wouldn't. God forgive me, you know. I'm not, I'm not trying to wish anything on anybody, but I wouldn't be shocked if like you know something happened to him like that because you got guys like who my father Ric Flair, uh, <laughs> who who. Who, who who like does everything sinful? It <laughs> just nothing happens, and it'd be somebody good like Bob Backlund. It's like, up, oh, he had a heart attack doing a promo. Yeah, seriously. I mean, you know what was funny? I said I said Monday we were I was talking about it off air, and everybody's like, oh, you know what you think of Raw? And I'm like, Raw was wrestling on Monday, and it right. was wrestling and promos because Cesaro and Sheamus was was wow. Like like I actually. Right. I genuinely gave a fuck about about Sheamus for five minutes. Um, Rollins and Zayn, obviously, you know, just just legit problems. You know, the Rollins and Balor promo was great because Seth Rollins just a complete troll, loving that he was like he's like yeah Finn, you know, you won the belt, <laughs> but I won the right, belt first. Right. I was like I was like yo Seth, and the fact that you know Finn Balor's like yo man that laugh homie. And and there was and it was good because it actually made Balor look good. I was like, all right, I could work with this. And I actually also gave a fuck about Randy Orton for five minutes again because that was that was well played. Paul Heyman set that up perfectly. Right, right. I you know my thing. I've always been a Randy guy. Uh, well, before I get into this real quick, uh, call me when it's over dot com. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, just had you know shameless plug. No shameless shame. plug. It's all right. <laughs> you know, um, I'm I'm a big Randy guy. I've always been a, a big Randy fan, but this this Randy right now, I, like I understand he's very happy to be back, but he's a little too happy for me. He's <laughs> like I'm not I'm not feeling the Viperville thing. I'm like when he when he came, like I you know, like you said, I love Paul Heyman egging it on. It's like you're not man enough to hit the RKO out of nowhere. Like I thought that was so. Because we all knew what was going to happen. Yep. Like, we knew he was going to come. And when he comes and he's like, you know, in Paul Heyman's face, and he's like pointing to the shirt because the shirt is out of nowhere, that's the part that bothered me. It's like, Randy, I understand you want to get back in the ring, but you're a little too happy for me. I got like, I to gotta tell you. me. <laughs> I got I to gotta tell you, for, for, for you to say that, I'll tell you, one of the things I, you know, I always joke about it on air. I call him, you know, Blandy Borton, Blandel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because because he comes out and it's you know five moves of doom, fucking seventeen chin locks. Right. I could I could pretty much take a nap when he comes out. Like he actually came out <laughs> and there was real energy in the building. Like that was the only thing I was like, wow, this motherfucker actually brought energy for once. Like it wasn't like I always feel that when he's out there doing a mat, having a match, like he's knitting a sweater because he knows <laughs> that he could have the worst match of his life and he's not gonna get fired. No, you're right. You, it's like they love Randy. Like yep. Randy, Randy's, Randy's the the golden goose laying egg over yep. there. Like, yep. All right, this this guy comes from a long lineage of great people. Let's you know he's he's a multi time former champion. Uh, he's had some of the biggest matches in the industry and in our federation. So it's like let's you know let's let's treat him the way he's supposed to be treated. He's royalty. Yep. So like you said, it's. I, I, I love the energy that he's bringing, but I just can't I can't take happy Randy. Right. Well, like, you know what it is? It's like I always say, there's some guys that make good, good guys, and then there's some guys that make just great, bad guys. Like, you know, uh, switching gears and jumping into SmackDown, one of the things I said that was that was bad about SmackDown was Natalia trying to be a heel because she is the fucking right. worst. 
doesn't work. Right. I yo, I completely agree. It's like she comes from all right, you know, when 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 Brett like Bret Hart all do like I have the most respect for him. Uh I have the utmost respect for him. I was never the biggest fan. Nope. But he will always have an extreme amount of respect for me. Uh when he played heel, I believed it because he had something to be angry about. Right. Natalia has nothing to be angry about. It's like when the biggest diss you could give the chick is saying that she's a cat lady, you you got nothing. Right. It's like you got right. nothing. You know? It's like what 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 do you like what, oh well we found out that she's in a you know, dominatrix type shit. Oh really? That's it? That's it. Like that's her dark side? Like that's it's what she has to offer. It's like Okay. I, it's like Eva Marie is more believable as a bad guy because she looks it even though her wrestling is shit. But see, yeah. in her case, she, you know, they took a formula and they're like, look, you can't wrestle. You're terrible. But go out there and they will boo the shit out of you. Like, if yeah. they ever tried to convince me that Eva Marie is going to be a face, I'd be like, nope. Don't believe it. Nah. <laughs> Zero chance. It's like, you right. <laughs> like, nope, don't, don't right. do it. Like, that's the kind of chick that walks into the club. You try and get her number. She shoots you down, shoots the other guy down, shoots your boy down. Right. And then clowns every chick that's standing at the bar and walks out. And dudes right. still it's buy like, her I drinks the whole night. Them, but I don't want them. Yeah. Right? Like, like, she, like, the vibe that she has is exactly that. Like, she comes out, she knows she looks the part. Because she comes yeah. out now that, you know, yeah. the the red hair, the the Robin Leach lifestyles of the rich and famous intro, which is completely uh, crazy. I'm like. Yeah. And extremely long for no reason. Yep. Just just then incredibly tantalizing. <laughs> it's like we get it. We get it. She's bad when she takes the robe off. We got it. Thanks. Like, right. Yo, it's so. Yo, Rich, I'm so glad you said that. It's so funny because it's like, yeah, you know. I get it. She's sexy. That's cool. She's a really good-looking woman. But it's like that's as far as you go. And yep. In the it, 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 it's like forever. There, there will always be in life. There will always be great-looking women. Yep. There will always be women who have like amazing bodies and blah blah, blah whatever. But it's like, is that your talent? Like well, that's no. your talent. Looking yeah. good. Yep. And and you know what you do with talent like that? Managers. <laughs> that's right. what. You, that's what you do. It's like Eva Marie manager like even we could manage you know a Dolph Ziggler or or somebody like that you know another another beautiful superstar quote unquote you know but but yo, don't get in the ring I would put away AJ yeah I I would put away AJ or something something like that because it's like hey you know he's like right AJ AJ's the mouthpiece yeah it's like all right he's a great he's a I love heel AJ I love heel AJ so it's like he can he's great on the mic he, he's a good-looking dude, and it's like he can just be that guy. It's like, all right, she's with him. You know, stay in your place. Like, I'm the star type shit. It's yeah, like, well, hey, just, you know, you got to look good. Well, you know what it is? You have to you have to look at, at at your roster as a whole, and not every not every girl that not every woman that comes through the roster, and not even every in the, not every male wrestler that comes through the roster. It's like you don't all need to wrestle. Like, I'll be honest. True. Enzo Enzo could be a new Paul Heyman. He could be a new jive talking slick. He could be a new Mr. Fuji, and it wouldn't be bad, you know. The, he, he, you know, Lana could be a new Sunny, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah, she's sexy enough. Like yeah, it's it's funny you say that about um, 
Enzo because it's like he's we don't we don't see talkers like that come nope, every too nope. often. That's like once in a blue moon, man. Right. And it's like I understand like he's not he's not afraid to take a bump. Like we know he can take a bump. So it's like if you are, uh, you know, Cass's manager. It's like, all right, somebody can hit you and we'll know you'll be safe. Exactly. And that's what it was. It wasn't like when, when you know, when, when Lana, everybody's like, yo, can she take a bump or not? Like, like you know, there was always that, right. that, that, can, you, that can she or can't she, that can she right. or, can, or can she not take a bump. And when you see that, it's like, okay, let's leverage that. Like, one of the things that made Rusev good was Lana. When you took Lana away, Rusev was complete bullshit. Like that's oh, part yeah. of like yeah. that's part of the deal, you know. That's part of what makes that character work, and that's what you got to do. Certain characters they need that, and then you know sometimes they need it for a short period of time. Like here's a good example: when Dolph Ziggler was with Vicky Guerrero, Dolph Ziggler wasn't developed as a superstar yet, no. so Vicky carried the, the the burden of being the mouthpiece. The minute that Dolph kind of came into his own, both on the mic and in the ring, they're like, "All right, Vicky, you could just you know we'll move you here," and that was it. Right. Right. See, and you know, it's 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 funny that you say that because it's like there has to be a balance. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's like so when people when people see cast, it's like all right, there's potential, and it's like it, the average fan knows all right, he's a big guy, he's strong, he's fast, he has good looks. It's like he's in shape. All right, but all he can do is like big boots and elbows yep. and power slams and something like that. So what do you do? You balance it out with, with, with Enzo. Yep. It's like, all right, now I can come out and I can say who I am, but I can tell you this man's seven feet tall yep. and he's like the baddest motherfucker on the planet. I can tell you that all day. Yep. He doesn't need to say anything. I can tell you that. Dude, so look now at- when, he, when, when he steps through those, through those ropes, I believe you. Yep. Look at, look at Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's mic work is, 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 is amateur hour. But when Paul yeah. Hammond tries to sell you, man, you believe the hype. You know, when Paul Heyman's out there and he's like, the fact that he's cut a promo and he said, you know, don't, you know, take it from the Jew. I was like, did I just hear that right? (laughs) You legit just said, take it from the Jew on national television. And I was like, wow. But that's what I mean. Like, like you see that. And, and as a fan, you're like, oh shit, you know, and you become more invested. And that's the thing. Like watching SmackDown, SmackDown was more wrestling, good promos, but then you saw, that certain certain characters stood out. Like, it was funny. Kevin Nash said in an interview not that long ago that he's like, yo, I'd come back and be Dolph Ziggler's bodyguard because Dolph Ziggler's essentially right. emulating HBK. So why not at that point? He's showing, he's showing 2.0 right now. It's like the boots, the hair, yep. the tights. And, you know, me, me, me and Jay, we always, we always talk about it. It's like, you know what, part of me believes that this is like some big grand scheme yep. of a work well it's, i laughed when like, he cut the promo i laughed when he cut the promo right. about that he was like yo i was a cheerleader i'm like yeah you were it's like yeah, I, we, but you sure as fuck didn't say that you were chavo's caddy <laughs> <laughs> you conveniently <laughs> left that off the, the list of shit that you were that's right that's right and you know it's like right, I'm 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 a big I'm a big fan of Dolph. Like we we all wanted Dolph to get that push. Yep. Okay, we wanted Dolph to be somewhere, and it's like, yeah, you had your world title, and you had your you know you have Vicky Guerrero in your corner. It's like, all right, cool. And then you just got fucked over yep. so many times, 
and we wanted you to win then, but we didn't want you to be Shawn Michaels part two. Nope, and that's what happens. Like, you look at him, he's he's Shawn Michaels part two, and if you're going to be Shawn Michaels part two, then for God's sakes, let's just let's just finish it, you know? It's like, oh, I got myself Please. some help, you know, and, and, and have it be fucking Kevin Nash. Yo, Kevin Nash doesn't even need to wrestle, you know? He just needs to come in and right. hit a dude with that shoulder in the corner and then throw him into a that's super it. kick once a week. That's it. That's it. It's like if I see Kevin, if I see Kevin Nash coming with him, I'm like, all right, you know what? Well, actually, that would be a greater story right there too. Yep. Kevin Nash making a, making another comeback, and it's like Sean could come back and say, hey, you know what? Yo, you're really trying to steal my life now. Yep. And 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 you can you can have some fun with that. I mean, the problem is that, like, and I've said this before, you got five hours of TV, and mm-hmm. you know you give us American Alpha and the Vaude Villains for no reason. When you could have just given, uh, um, you know, American Alpha a squash team to get them over, mm-hmm. and you sacrifice a tag team for the sh- for the for shits and giggles. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I understand Simon Gotch got his ass whooped by Sin Cara, but Aiden English don't need to <laughs> suffer for it. <laughs> <laughs> I I I'm 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 be honest with you, like with the Vault Villains, like I was not. I still I'm still not. I'm still not sold on them. I'm not gonna lie. Like I can I understand they're tough. And it's like, I can tell they're dedicated to the actual craft of wrestling, but there's just something about them now, like... You know what it is, man? That that old school presentation is too over the top to the point where people don't give a shit. Like, like here's a good example. The Ascension. You know, I said when The Ascension Uh, were in NXT, everybody was like, yo, these fucking guys, they're amazing. Now they come up to the main roster and it's like, yo, who is this out of shape scarecrow (laughs) <laughs> and this and and this big bouncer, like who the fuck are these guys? These wannabe Legion of Doom cats, these fake demolition cats. Like what is yeah. this? And that's what happened. I said, you know, uh, b- way back when, I was like, yo, man, that gimmick it was great in NXT because in NXT is a small venue. You know, they can play mm-hmm. with the camera, they can play with the fog, they can make it look right. But you come out in an arena of thirty thousand people, and 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 you got a and you got a body by Duff Beer. Motherfuckers are no. not going to take you seriously <laughs> unless you're Kevin Owens, you know, or Samoa Joe or any of those dudes. Anybody else? It's like, yo, who's this sloppy piece Kevin of Owens, shit? 100%. If I see Kevin Owens or Samoa Joe, like if I see him in the street, I know, all right, you know what? He looks like he can kick my ass. Like he, they look like they can fuck me up. Well, you, you know what it is? I like... Is the is the ring gear and the presentation like yo man if uh, you know we, I joke about this and and you know I talk about this off air it's like yo you you know you're on TV you got to look a certain way and if you and if you notice certain cats I I call it the WWE training program like look at Braun Strowman like he was he used to be a sloppy mess dude he came out for that squash match I was like yo dudes dudes putting in that work <laughs> Rusev yeah too. man like I for every, I mean for for the people who don't follow him on Twitter it's like. This dude posts pictures, and he's looking great. Yep, like he looks great. Like, like you say, you look at him, look at him uh, against the jobber, and I say, all right, that jobber couldn't have been no more than what a, a buck and some change. Yep, and I don't give a fuck. That that guy could have been two hundred pounds, and Braun Strowman would have threw him around. This is true. Now I gotta ask. Like, it. He was in. Go ahead. Uh-huh. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say he's in great shape, and people need to, you know, just realize that. Like he's gonna be something. Yeah, he's he, he's he's Vince's pet project. I hear like Vince is like, yo, this is gonna be the dude, the big dude. The um, the the thing I wanted to mention is, you know, last week when I was talking about, uh, you know, Brock Lesnar, I was talking about that, you know, it came out that WWE wasn't gonna punish him 
for you right. know the PED results. And it's funny because Jim Ross uh, wrote on his blog and he was just like, yo, you know, he said all the armchair attorneys calling for WWE to suspend Brock Lesnar after UFC 200 need to review Lesnar's contract and the WWE wellness policy. Lesnar is considered right. a part-time talent and part-timers are not under that standard. He said, right. he said if Shaq does get in the ring with the Big Show at WrestleMania 33 in Orlando, then Shaq would not be tested either because he would be considered a part-timer. And then, of course, JR right. makes sure to add, I'm not condoning PED use in any way, but I do agree that WWE cannot require <laughs> part-time performers in a show business presentation, not a legit sport, to adhere to the same rules and regulations they require of their full-time talent. Nah, see, th- this was Jim Ross saying in no in plain english brock lesnar gets paid five million dollars he could put as many right. chemicals in his body as he fucking wants because he puts asses in seats Pretty much. Pretty <laughs> like much. as soon as Pretty i read much. that i was like uh yeah okay because when i read it last week i'm like wwe shouldn't have even acknowledged that they should have just been like listen what happens outside of wwe is between the athlete and 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 the governing body but as soon as they're like well we don't require that of part-time performers so essentially what you just said is that when the rock feels like coming back looking like he swallowed seven other members of the roster it's okay (laughs) because you know he's a part-time guy because think about it when the rock came back for that first match with john cena he was like oh you know i'm on this new training program for hercules no motherfucker you are on a you are on a good program for something else that's a fact that's a fact and you know it's it's funny because like the rock would be the quintessential uh icon for like all right you know what Maybe this guy's on something. Yep. Maybe, you know, maybe. Just a smidge. Maybe, maybe. You know, you do you do movies and it's like next thing you know, you had a neck, now you don't have a neck. So it's like, ah, what are you doing? I don't know. I can't prove because you come twice a year. Yep. Well, I don't and, know anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, but, but that's what I mean. At that point, that's how you should just acknowledge it. Like, well, you know part-time performers they don't you know during the period that they come in you know we're conducting random testing they just don't get picked nobody's gonna nobody's gonna fucking deliberate whether you're lying or not but the minute that you go hey you know part-time guys aren't really subject to that it's like okay so that just means that any dude that comes in part-time could you know swallow a whole chemistry set and they're good so that's (laughs) that's what you're saying and if that's the case this is where they shot themselves in the foot when when billy gunn got popped for 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 taking PEDs during powerlifting competitions, I, they got rid of Billy Gunn, and it's like, yo, Billy Gunn wasn't is a part time was a part time guy. Man, he's 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 ultra super super maybe part time. Yep. Like it's like, like all right, so that that I mean, let's, you know, let's be honest. It's like we all know it's big business. Yep, it's a conglomerate. We we all know they're gonna show favoritism. Uh, is it fair? No. Is it stupid? To me, yes. Yeah, they hang like, themselves right, out if there. <laughs> yeah, if you if you're doing something wrong, that's like all right. If I walk down the if I walk down the rampway uh, and the runway, and I go back into backstage and I see fucking Dolph Ziggler shoot somebody, should I not say anything because he's like a top talent? Yep, <laughs> but that's how it works. Man. Like, it's should crazy. I stay quiet? Yeah, and it's it's. I don't know, man. To, to me, that that kind of that kind of kills the industry. But it's like it's always been that way. But here's yeah, the thing: going to show favoritism. Well, that's part of it. But the way I see it is, listen, it's it, it's a, it's it's a uh, it's a sport with a predetermined outcome. At the end of the day, uh-huh. the way I would say is like, listen, don't do crack, don't do coke, don't do any of that shit. 
you know, it's your body. It's your body. You know right. what I mean? Like, don't do shit that will fucking just look bad on us. Like, don't get don't <laughs> don't get right. caught like Rob Van Dam and Sabu with like an eight ball in your car after you won right? the belt. You know, like don't do that. <laughs> but but that's what I mean. Like that's it's weird that it like Roman Reigns allegedly got popped for Adderall. You know, like right. like in his case, it's like fuck, man. It was like like joking around. You know, we we were joking around off air and. Uh, you know, one of the guys I work with, he says to me, he goes, fuck, at least if you're going to get bagged, get bagged for, you know, growth hormone or some shit. This motherfucker's taking medication so he can fucking focus on reading the newspaper. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, but no, that, it's hard it's, shit. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, and it was weird at that point. It's like it's like, fuck, man. Dude. And I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Like when I talked about it, it's like, you know, people use it to mass pain and all this other shit. And I understand. But it's like yeah. it's like, yo, the dude wasn't exactly <laughs> he wasn't exactly, you know taking taking hgh you know right but um i did i did want to talk about two other things before we wrap things up first of all lucha underground season three in september they got a 40 episode re-up with el ray man lucha underground killing it yes man and you know there's there's so many bright stars of course already well-established people in that federation but what you know, like you said, we're, we're living in the magic age of wrestling, yep. where it's like we have options now, like real yep. options too, mm-hmm. not bullshit, uh, not public access bullshit, you know, but real televised right. shit. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I think I, I, I'm glad for you know people like El Ray, and uh, it's important, man, because it's like. Who wants one company to kind of corner the market? Nope. It's like right now, right now we have, all right, WWE will be Apple. Yep. You know, and right now I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Like, I'm not even going to talk about TNA, even though, you know, they're doing their thing right now with the Hardys. But I would say Ring of Honor is kind of like Android. Yep. Because it's like they, they have the talent and it's like, all right, we're just as good as you. We just don't have your money. Yep. You know, so and then everything else is just like the Motorola's and <laughs> yep, all the offshoots, all the Nokia, shit. the Nokia phones. Exactly right, exactly. So it's like right, like I I love Lucha Underground, and you took somebody who you know uh, Ricochet Prince Prince Puma, they made him Michael Jackson of wrestling, man. Yeah, he's he's on another level, man. It's like it, it's funny. Jimbo Slice always says to me, he goes, "Yo." Prince Puma cannot go to WWE. That motherfucker needs no. to stay in Lucha Underground. And I said to myself, yeah, because you know, you know how that would go. It's like yeah, Ricochet comes in. He has five moves. He, he becomes uh, Brown Adrian Neville. <laughs> who, by the way, Yo, with that beard, officially looks like one of the dudes from The Hobbit. Like, officially. Like, he officially looks like one, of the, like one of the dwarves. I agree. I want to agree. He needs to like get rid of that. Yeah, shit. that right. beard not a good look, sir. Very fast, and you know, it's funny that you say that because I know you know myself. I'm a big Ricochet fan, and I've I've met him at a House of Glory, which is like one of my favorite you know indie promotions. I met him at House of Glory, you know, when at the when, when he won the belt. Their, their, Right, and I, I actually have a picture. I'm gonna post it. I'm gonna post it on Instagram. Um, I have a picture of me. He actually let me hold the belt, and real, real cool guy, real humble guy. And I always told him, you know, I told him, I said, "Yo, I can't wait to see you on a bigger stage," and because I've seen him in New Japan and all that stuff. But now with El Ray offering him that big ass contract, it's like, man, 
this dude is where he belongs. And, I, you know, usually whenever there's, like, a new a new promotion or another promotion that has a name, the first thing we're going to think is, that, all right, all the guys who are in WWE, like, who don't matter, are going to go through these promotions. Yep, and, and, and now... It's, it's good. No, you're right. And now it's like you don't want those dudes to leave. Like I look at Lucha Underground, I'm like, listen, Eva Lise, she was in WWE, they let her go because of quote unquote attitude problems. I could see that she right. got some attitude, but leave her in Lucha Underground. Uh Cage Three. yo, leave Cage Cage can't come up to the to WWE. Don't do it. Don't ruin uh, that guy. John, Johnny Mundo? Johnny Mundo got he he got new life, man, down there. You know, okay. him and, and, and Taya Valkyrie killing it. Yeah, man. Yeah, so it's like I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of El Ray, man. I want to see them do great. Uh, if Prince Puma does not leave, he doesn't need WWE. He can just stay there. Or if that doesn't work out, uh, he can fucking go to and stay in New Japan. Like right now, I follow him on Instagram. Like he's he was in Australia a few days ago. Yep, he's doing. Like, that's you. Yeah, because he he tag teams with uh, Matt Seidel, formerly uh, Aaron, uh, right. Evan Bourne. You know, right. and those guys are out there crushing it. I did, I did. You know, it's it's crazy. You know, Lucha Underground gets that new season. They're they're killing it. But you know what? You know what's funny? They were, um, you know, SmackDown now going out of their way to become their own promotion. They're saying that they're going to get their own tag team titles and their own women's title. Thoughts? Right. I read that. What I do you think? That. I, you know, I, I'm all right. I know a lot of people are against it. And in all honesty, you know, all right, all right, I, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go back, I'm gonna go back to the draft a little bit real quick. And I know a lot of people complained about the way the draft went, saying, "Oh, of course, Raw is gonna be the the best show." And it's like, you know what? Part of me feels like they kind of drafted the way they did to kind of to to dispel the importance of numbers. Right. It's like. You know, when, whenever we see a draft, it's like, all right, we know in the NFL, NBA, MLB, number one is the best. Right. And I, I personally think that WWE was doing was drafting the way they drafted to show you that, all right, numbers don't matter as long as the talent is going to the right places. And, yes, Raw, they're using Raw to kind of catapult the new talent. Right. But they're and, using SmackDown to give other talent new life, like Rhino, Shelton Benjamin, who's coming back. Which, by the way, if Shelton Benjamin doesn't have at least one interaction with America Alpha, it'll be a travesty. Man, <laughs> that will be a waste. Of, that'll be a waste of a good contract. Yep. If they don't, if they even if, if they don't ever even meet face to face on camera, they're just like, what the fuck was he here for? Yep. What was he here for? Yep. You it's need like, that. And don't get don't. Yeah, don't get me started on the whole gold standard thing. Like, all right, you know, just stop cooning that man out, please. Just yeah, like, please let, don't. Let him nope. I, I, you know, I, I, we say that about, I say that about our truth. You know, everybody's like, oh, oh, you know, Vince loves our truth. I'm like, of course he does because Vince sits there. I'm going to grind this organ and you're going to dance, monkey <laughs> dance, dance, monkey dance. That's it. That's, That's what he it. does. Like, our truth is straight shucking and jiving. When the, like, I always tell people the best R Truth I ever saw was when he first won the belt in TNA as the Truth. Was it? Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, agree. like now it's like it's, it's just it's just you know shucking and jiving. Now it's, I'm here for a check. Yep. That's exactly what it is. I'm here for a check. I'm, and you know, but yeah, going back to going back to the question, and uh, I think I think it's needed. I yep. think I think these these two belts are needed. I agree. It's like there's so much talent. 
And it, let's be honest, like whatever whatever is in NXT now, that's not the end of it. There's more coming. There's a yep. wave coming because there there are a lot of people that rather work for NXT that, as opposed to just being in Raw or SmackDown. Yep. So if I have like you know, I know people romanticize the way the the champions used to be back in the day. It's like I have that one belt. And it's like, all right, I'll go territory to territory, or like, in this case, it'd be show to show to show. And it's like, no, that confuses a lot of stuff because now, now you now you're taking away chances for other names to kind of yep uh, be brought back up. Like, look at look at how fast Dolph Ziggler got to push again. Yep. And it's like stuff like stuff like that is needed. You know, it's like he's going up against what is Seth Rollins? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's like. Man, that's huge. I mean, Apollo huge. Crews just does this week. He got a shot now challenging the Miz. I mean, no, you wouldn't have seen that. No, no, with the way it is. So it's like we all. I know a lot of people watch the draft, like you know, Jay watched and uh, shout, 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 shout out to my guy uh, Matt Fair Matt, who's also uh, a part of TRSS Overtime. Um, he, he he had a thing where it's like, oh, you know, Nakamura didn't get drafted, and then Bailey came late, and she's still part of NXT. She just made those one that one appearance, and like a lot of people complain, I'm like, you you don't understand. Like, there's a bigger story behind yep. all of this, and you need to and you like, need to keep NXT strong. Yes, because if you don't keep NXT yes. strong, there's going to be no incentive to watch. If if you're going to say, well, if there's no Nakamura and there's no Samoa Joe and there's no Bailey. Why am I going to keep watching? Exactly. It's like who's a, let's be honest. If you t- if you took Nakamura, Samoa Joe, Bailey, and Finn Balor all in one felt swoop, who's going to take their places? Yep. You'd have you'd have what Bobby Roode who just got there. Maybe Eric Young right. if you give him some money, and you know that clown. That what are you going to do? That clown that comes out that used to come out with the guitar, the Drifter. Is it going to be that guy? Oh God. You know, oh, is, do that. You use that perfect ten, dude. Yeah, I. I mean, that guy. That guy's awesome. He he grew on me, dude, like a fungus. I'm like, all right, this fucking guy oh, is pretty entertaining. He's pretty entertaining, <laughs> rat bastard. You know, but um, nah, I, I I I share you. I I share your sentiments. I think that the new, the titles are are good, and I think that yeah. with the with the creation of these titles, then you could do shows like. Night of Champions, where I don't know, all the belts are on the line for both shows instead of uh, two title matches and three filler matches. You Thank know, you. it could it could mean something. Thank you. Thank you. Imagine if it's Night of Champions and almost every single match is a title match. Yep, as it should be. That's big. Yep, I I agree. So, I agree. And, hopefully, um, I'm, I mean, hopefully, hopefully everything works out the way it's supposed to. Well, there you go. With that, that is uh, that was the, the the closer for this week's wrestling segment. Um, yes. Just want to uh, let you get your plugs out. I know there's a brand new uh, "Call Me When It's Over" that you recorded, but there's also a brand new "Call Me When It's Over" on deck on RageWorks.net and "Call Me When It's Over." dot com. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, please, guys. Once again, I'm Josie's boy, your girl's favorite artist. Call me when it's over. dot com. Uh, Rich, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Please, everybody, go check out episode fifteen. Uh, Sixteen should be out soon. Right. Very, very soon. And um, yeah, man. You know, call me when it's over. dot com. Follow me on Instagram. J O S I E S B O Y. All one word. Hashtag your girl's favorite artist. And, uh, yeah, man, you know, RageRicks.net, we, we, we'd have a good time. And I appreciate you for having me on, man. Thank you very much. Thanks, dude. Take care of yourself. I'll be in touch. Uh, 
All right, man. Take it easy. All right, brother. Peace. There you have it, ladies and gents. Josie's boy. All the links will be in the show notes for this week. Lots to cover. Lots of ground to cover. Make sure to check out brand new episode of Call Me When It's Over. It's going to be up uh, very soon, maybe within half an hour after we wrap up this episode of My Take Radio. And um, with that, like I said, I've given you my take on MMA and wrestling this week. As always, I'd love to hear yours. Hit us up on social media. You can find RageWorks on Instagram, at RageWorks. You can also find us on Twitter if you prefer the uh, the comfort of 140 characters. It's Rage underscore Works. There's a lady that has been camping, that has been sitting on RageWorks, uh, one word, since 2011, and I cannot reach this lady. I need to get RageWorks, the official one, but having no success. So if somebody has a connect at Twitter, let's 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 definitely talk and make that happen. Of course, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash official RageWorks on Facebook. Uh, archived episodes of this show and our previous shows are available in audio and video. For audio, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Just punch in My Take Radio for now. Uh, of course, you can go to RageWorks.net. You can find the shows there. And video versions of the show are released on our official YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash official RageWorks. Last but not least, as always, if you love this show and any of our other shows and would like to be a guest or would like to advertise either on the show or on the site, you can email me rich at RageWorks.net or mtrhost at mytakeradio.com, whichever you prefer. Uh, let us know what you're interested in or if you're looking for a guest opportunity uh, brief synopsis on who you are, what you're trying to promote. Uh, if you're, you know, from the MMA space or the wrestling space, definitely hit us up. Always good to have fresh talent on, up and coming talent uh, to share their stories with the masses. Um, of course, if you're uh, a gamer or into entertainment or in the entertainment industry, you could still hit us up for our other shows on Thursday nights. All right, guys. On behalf of myself and the rest of the team. Thank you guys for checking it out um, there. Oh, yeah, I, uh, this uh, this communique from Jimbo Slices for something I've been kind of teasing over the last couple of weeks. And um, it is the debut of a new podcast. Got to got to put that out. there. It's a new podcast uh, monthly uh, focusing on comics, collectibles, a couple of other things uh, called The Variant Issue. There you go. It has a name. The project has a name. The variant issue. Um, there you have it. I'm not going to give you guys too much yet, but the variant issue is coming both on RageWorks.net, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and on social media. So definitely keep it locked. Uh, thank you for that, Jimbo Slice. Uh, I was, I was, I was kind of alluding to it, like I said in previous shows, but. He, uh, he sent me the communicator to pull the trigger. So there you have it, guys. The variant issue is coming to Rageworks. Be ready because it's going to be fucking awesome. Thank you guys so much again for tuning in. Uh, props to Josie's boy for tuning in. And, of course, thank you guys for helping us hit 100,000 downloads. I will see you guys Thursday, 11 p.m. Eastern, hopefully 8 p.m. Pacific for the gaming and entertainment edition of MTR. Peace. I'm rich, bitch. <laughs> That's all, folks.